All right, welcome back to another episode of the Just Epicenter Podcast. Tonight is a very uh, unique and special episode for me. Um, I have uh, we are we are recording live from the highway. We are getting on Highway 40 on the way back from High Point, going back to Greenville. I've got my professor, Professor Heath Chapman, for the East Carolina Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You guys have heard me talk about it. Going to bring him up. When I talked about me bringing him on. You guys all know my initial plan was for him to come out to the house. We record a part one where we talk jiu-jitsu. We go shoot and then come back and record a part two right after done shooting to say, hey, what was it like shooting precision rifle for the first time? What kind of fundamentals do you uh, see that I taught you that you see parallel with jiu-jitsu? Uh, which I, I mean, I've, I've told Heath in our when we you know, first started doing private lessons, and he would was going. I was fucking green, you know, behind the gills, didn't know anything about jujitsu, and he was telling me some of these fundamentals, and I would be like, man, that, that's that's something very similar to like natural point of aim that that we do in in precision rifle every day, um, and I I saw all the parallels, and it's going to be fun to see him see those same parallels. Uh, from the other side of the aisle, from from the jiu-jitsu aspect, um, but uh, tonight we, we we had a special opportunity. We we had a, a seminar with well, we're gonna get into the seminar, but we had a seminar with three Hall of Famers uh, in High Point. It's about three hours away, and we are uh, we're gonna be uh, recording now, and then I'm gonna have Heath back on because we're gonna do that the the shooting aspect and. Then, We'll just have gotten this out of the way. So this will be part one. We're going to record part two in in the future. But Heath, I appreciate you coming on, being oh, being, yeah. being coming on the podcast tonight. Uh, uh, like I told you, ninety nine percent of my listeners know shit about fuck when it comes to jiu-jitsu <laughs> and and that's fine because I'm I'm just now getting an idea of it. So myself, but um, so first of all, how are you how are you feeling right now tonight after this weekend? I am very sore. I am very beat up right now. <laughs> a, a, a man, a man that 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 I pay fucking hard earned money to to beat me and my son up got beat up this weekend, oh, and I, I witnessed it firsthand. And I will say there was a couple times where I did crack smiles man. to seeing that. That's called I don't know I, if that's payback or what. It wasn't for me by any means, but seeing who was there and seeing you know. I had my soul taken this weekend and eaten right in front of me, brother. Yeah, and, and so Mike, keep in mind, Heath is has an absolute shit knee, and it it pops out what twice a week, maybe no or oh, at man. home. I'm looking to have and have surgery. I mean, I'm at the point now where it's I've kind of put it off a little bit, but um, it came out probably about two months ago and ever since then it's just not been right so I've been literally rolling at probably about 50% of what I can normally do if that and how many times did it go out this weekend just just yesterday and today how many times did it it go out it came out when I was rolling Bruno Um, it was fine up until then but when I was rolling Bruno and um, I tried to get him in one of my guards and try to sweep him and that's a big man <laughs> he's a gigantic man if look if you are on the sniper's hide and in my thread 
uh, I think it's on the latest page, like page six or seven or whatever, uh, the picture of me and Jax and the very large man with the widest feet on the planet. Uh, <laughs> that is Bruno Bastos, who is oh. a, a fifth degree black belt and an absolute, first of all, well, with the rest of us, he is a gentle giant. With Heath, he's Not a really. fucking kraken. <laughs> Not really. And, but He's so nice to y'all. <laughs> I mean, the man's got absolute lunch boxes for hands. But when you, like, I had, a pri- I had an hour-long private with him this weekend. And when I just, we didn't roll or anything, but when he would just grab my gi, I could just, I felt like fucking Captain Marvel was holding my my lapels. And, and it was like the fucking Hulk was right. grabbing a hold of me. That's more like, because they got about a comparable size hands and feet as the Hulk. So and he, he is honest to God amazing. His jiu-jitsu is unbelievable. And when we say world class. Oh God, he's the definition of it. He, my, my instructors, um, they are literally the definition of world class. By um, that, we're talking Hall of Fame yeah. of all time world um, class. Not just like current or one day. No, 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 no. no right now and will be and remain in history. Hobson's a Hall of Famer, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, you don't get any any more decorated than that yeah um bruno is beyond beyond amazing and i don't get to train with shaolin that much but every time i train with shaolin i learn so much yeah it's just this past weekend just was an incredible event um we had a lot of students a lot of students from our school attend this event and um it's something that um me and Steve talked about doing Steve Snyder's a black belt in high point. Um, he hosted the event at he, his academy. Yeah, he he did a phenomenal job. And Hobson, Bruno, and Shaolin grew up together in Brazil. Since they and, were like 11, 12, and 14. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were like brothers growing up. And it has been a long time since I've seen all three of them on the mats together at the same time. It was pretty historic for yeah. what, and I'm lucky. Mm. I, I yeah. feel very fortunate to be a part of it. And a, lot, and a lot of people, I mean, it's like, it's like um, this morning, I, I missed this morning session because um, as, a, as one of the business owners out there, my job is to make the event great for my students. Um, I see, I see them quite a bit, but this morning I got a treat. I got to take Hobson and Shaolin out for breakfast while Bruno and Dennis were teaching. And um, Hobson was talking about my students a little bit. Bruno's mentioned it before. Um, a lot of my students are spoiled. They we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't, and a lot of them they don't realize how spoiled they are because like. There's not many places where you have access to the resources through my school, um, to my instructors. Because a lot of people, when they get their black belt, they're like, okay, I'm a black belt now. Um, I say you're this belt when I say you're this belt. If you're a blue belt, a purple belt, or whatever, um, I don't need to bring in anybody now to promote. Because like in North Carolina, back when I was coming up, there were no black belts here. Right. I mean, dude, this makes me sound old as shit. You're not. Cause you're, <laughs> oh, God. If you are, then I am too, because you ain't but like two years older than me. Bro, it's making me feel old, man. Dude, like, 
You're old in jujitsu years. In jujitsu years, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll admit it. In jujitsu years, I'm getting old, man. But like, that's the thing. Like, when I was coming up in this, my my original instructor was a brown belt at the time, mm-hmm. right? And, and that can be common in areas that aren't yeah, heavily like, involved like, in jujitsu. Yeah, like yeah. you're talking about like rural areas, like especially like North Carolina, like. Typically, when you're thinking about major jiu-jitsu up until recently, and I can tell you about about this in a little bit, but up until recently, like, jiu-jitsu was really settled in California. Then it kind of spread to New York and Florida. Yeah, L.A. in particular. You know, and I mean, and there's, and I mean, you're talking to some of the top athletes, you know, in this art, in the sport were there so like North Carolina it was rare to see anybody of a purple belt and I would have honestly killed for the opportunities man to be able to train with a regular black belt let alone like a Hobson Moore who's a Hall of Famer a Vitor Shaolin um, a Bruno Bastos I mean those guys in my opinion, and I'm biased because, you know, Hobson's my instructor. Hobson's the one who, who awarded me my black belt, my first degree. Um, I owe a lot to Hobson, uh, to a lot of other black belts in our association. Steve Snyder, Jeff Mitchell. Uh, but Hobson made a lot of this stuff happen. And my students have access to them because I'm not going to promote you. No offense, brother, but, like, I'm not going to give you your blue belt. I'm not. When you're ready, you're going to test for it in front of Bruno or in front of Hobson. And you have something to say about that is that I got my my blue belt or I got my brown belt from a man like Bruno Bostos. And I'll have an idea. I'll have an idea, right? You'll know when they're ready or not. I'll have an idea because I've been with Bruno. I've been with Hobson so long, especially Hobson. I know what they're looking for, okay? But prime example of this, right? Getting you to blue belt is easier. <clears throat> Purple belt, I'm a little bit of a jerk about. Um, brown belt, I hardly give out. Black belt is very rare because it takes so long. Yeah. And um, especially in eastern North Carolina, we don't have many. I'll just be honest. It's not a part of the state, east of 95, where there's a lot of high-paying jobs. So people come to East North Carolina, they get offered, especially if they get into nursing or something like that, they find they can make a lot more money in the western part of the state or in another state. Central, yeah. Yeah, so I might have a student who stays with me for six or seven years, and then I get them where they're a good purple belt, and then, hey, man, I got a job making, like, an extra $80,000 a year. I mean, you know what I mean? Or money they never thought they could even dream of making. I mean, and then they leave. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, though, the, the caveat of that is, is when you've got a purple belt that leaves our gym and they go to another they gym. They do really well and they wear They the promote belt. fast. They, yeah, they promote they'll, fast. They promote really fast or um, there is no question what skill level they're at or right. what rank they're at. Yeah. In fact, it's actually probably, to some people, it's probably yeah. surprising that they're only yeah. that belt yeah. instead of already promoted up I've, higher. I've had, I've had that. Um, that comment from other instructors like Heath what are you doing holding your students back I don't like the thing is with me with rank um, when I joined Hobson 
and a lot of people don't know this. I was a four-strike brown belt. Right. When you joined his association. So, yeah. for those who don't know, in jiu-jitsu, typically you will have, when you if you want to start a gym, you're going to more than likely be underneath an association. Now, which I know most of you have probably all heard of the Gracies. So, you'll hear of, oh, there's a Gracie school in my area. Well, what that is is that, that school or that instructor, that owner of that gym, they've gotten basically kind of like a blessing they've gotten their pedigree through the gracies or mm -hmm. whether it be the machado brothers or whether it be um you know who, you name them it's kind, of, it's kind of like a brand look at it as yeah. pistols like yeah like a brand. I, i'm a i like sigs and this person yeah. over here they're, they're all about glocks right yeah you know what i mean it's yeah, and so you know, kind of like if you pick up a SIG, you know what to expect. If you pick up a Glock, you know what to expect. Yeah. If you are rolling with a, uh, you know, a Hobson Mora brown belt, if you know jiu-jitsu, you'll know what you'll to. You'll know. You'll know if he's a real Hobson Mora brown belt real quick. Right. Yeah. So you'll that's what he's talking about quick. when he he was a four strike brown belt when he got basically sure. the blessing for his association for our ECBJJ. And when I joined Hobson. I went down to Tampa, and because that's where his school's located, and I did really good down there. And he's like, "Heath, go roll these people." So nothing but black belts. And it was Andre um, Yushabira, it was Marcelino, uh, Gustavo Dantes, all multiple-time world champions. Gustavo Dantes is probably one of the most influential. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts in the world today. He is just beyond amazing. And they beat the pure T shit out of me. Like, I was 27 years old in the athletic prime of my life, and they were beating me up like I was a five-year-old kid. Hmm. And hmm. at the end of it, Hobson comes up and he talks to me. He's like, Heath, you're an amazing, amazing practitioner. Um, but I'm going to demote you. I was like, okay. Um, just take a few stripes off your belt. I was like, all right, how many you want to take off? I don't care. Just take a few of them off. So I took all four stripes off my brown belt and told Hobson if it made him feel more comfortable because my next promotion after four stripes was supposed to be the black belt. Man, I was a brown belt for five years. <laughs> I was a brown belt for five years. But, hey, some, some people never make it past brown belt. Like, Bru there's a lot of, like, long-term long brown belts. I got I got my blue belt in six months. Oh, shit. I was a blue belt for five years, a purple belt for two years, and a brown belt for five years. I am literally, I was literally an H-stripe brown belt <laughs> before yeah. I got my black right, belt. Yeah. You know? And um, and it was honestly the best thing that ever happened to me. It really was. Um, I did not know I was. I had my own business. I had my own school. Right. I knew how to be tough because I could go roll anybody in the room. I knew how to be tough. I didn't know how to teach. Right. I and, didn't know and how to. And from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is one of the. Like, you can have a really good brown belt that knows all of the technique, that mm -hmm. can tap black belts, that can do all that, 
but if they don't know how to pass that, because that's the role of a black belt. Well, you have black belts like that too. Right, exactly. But you don't I got mean, your professor bars yet. You're the oh you're, God, no, the, the biggest gateway through I've is to be worse. able to, tran- to transfer that information in a way to can teach other I, people. I know black belt world champions who on the mats toe for toe would demolish me but they couldn't teach you how they did it yeah like I don't know it just came natural I just did that I mean they're they're black belt world champions it would literally be like Michael Jordan not being able to teach you how to shoot a free throw exactly yeah Exactly. He can make every one of them. I mean, it's, we use this expression a lot. Like, all right, who would you rather? Who would you rather have teach you boxing, Mike Tyson or Freddie Roach? Yeah, Freddie Roach for sure. I mean, Freddie Roach ain't won nothing. No. No offense to Freddie Roach, but Freddie Roach has made some bad some bitches in this yeah. world. You know what I mean? He yep. knows the art. He knows the intricacies. I've been very blessed. You saw it today. This is why I say y'all are spoiled. How good can Bruno teach? Amazing. How good can Hobson teach? Very, very good. How good can Shaolin teach? Amazing. Wait to see Gustavo Dantes teach. They'll tell you that he's one of the best instructors they've ever seen. Yeah. It's just an ability to convey information to where massive people can understand it and and apply it. And it's not even that. It's literally like, you saw what they did to me yesterday morning. Yeah. How many people have you ever seen do that to me? Nobody but them. Yeah. Nobody but them. And I'm not bragging on myself at all. I mean, I know how good I am, and I know how good I'm not. I've gone to, since getting my black belt, every IBJJF I have gone to, I have had to fight to make the podium, and I have placed at every single one of them but one. Right. And I have competed every year since getting my black belt. So I've won and I've lost, but the ones that I've lost have been the very high-level black belts, and even those black belts do not do to me what those three guys did to me yesterday. Oh, my God. It's a competition (laughs) at that point. It's not an exhibition like it was yesterday morning. I mean, I go to a competition, and I draw Hobson Moore or Shaolin. Bro, they got to buy yeah. I'm not even. Walk up, tap, walk <laughs> off. I'm just going to walk up. Ask, I'll ask one of them, say, how do you want me to just tap out? Yeah. <laughs> Throw a towel in. Yeah, just be like, okay, I'm done. Just, just, just thank you. Thank you for speaking to me, sir. Have a good yeah. day. <laughs> I, look, I, I, yeah, I met Hobson for the first time. This Now, mind you, Hobson is about, what, five, six? Oh, man, dude. Five, six, five, yeah. seven. 145 pounds. Yeah. It was he's the scariest man I've <laughs> and it's a deme- he's the scariest man I've ever been in the same room as and I've been I mean even with Bruno Bruno's is I mean he's fucking massive. He is the Brazilian Hulk. I mean for real, he's gigantic. And but but Hobson just I don't know if it's a fucking aura or a damn his Man. facial expressions. It's, it's the mysticism of Hobson. Yeah. It's, it's the it, mysticism. Hobson is... Um, I didn't want to talk to him. I was. Hobson, I, is, Hobson is very quiet a lot. And people, I think, are very intimidated by him because they, they don't understand 
that he's just he just considers himself to be just like a regular person. He's not. Oh, uh, but no, man. Look, Hobson is one of the funniest guys. He will talk so much trash to me. Like, all right, prime example. Everyone talks trash. Everybody talks. Everybody talks. But he trash brings to them to himself, and it's all. Oh, it's man, so. Look, it's such to, good comedy. To give you an idea, like. So my knee came out yesterday. It popped out of socket when I was rolling Bruno, and it's it's swollen. It's like the it size. Is. It's the size of kind of like a little cantaloupe right now. Yeah. So this morning I pick up um, Shaolin and Hobson at their hotel, and I carry them out and buy them breakfast. So we're going out to eat. We could find a parking spot, and a handicapped spot was opened up. And I was like, "He's go go park right there." I was like, yeah. "No, Hobson, I ain't got a handicap." So he's like, "No, when you get out, they won't say shit." Yeah, you, yeah <laughs> handicap up. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, he talks, it's it's he, cool to hear that, but when you're in the same room as him and he's like see, leaning up against the wall, like literally like scoping out the room with this oh, like yeah. thousand yard assassin stare, he see, I, I didn't want to talk is, to him. But the thing, I think a lot of it too is with Hobson, like Shaolin too. Shaolin Hobson, Bruno is very outgoing. Yeah, yeah, Bruno very is extroverted. Very yeah. He is the life of the party. He he is just a fun, fun person to be around. Hobson and Shaolin are very, very fun people to be around. But I will tell you this. If you go to Manhattan and you go right into Manhattan as you're driving down and you say, you know what? I'm going to go right to Times Square and I'm going to train with Shaolin. He is the most intense person. I have ever trained with. Yeah, I mean, I could, and, it, and it's not like in your face intense. It's the atmosphere. It's like Shaolin expects so much of his students. He expects so much, and it's not just on the mats. It's off the mats. Hobson and Shaolin grew up together. All right, they came up from a culture to where they had nothing. They had to work for everything they've ever had. Hobson is the exact same mindset. As Shaolin, right? They are very, very demanding of their students. So I can tell you this: I know a lot of people who, when they get around Shaolin or they get around Hobson, they're like, "Oh my God, they're going to kill us today." Yeah, they. It's not. They're not killing us. They expect so much from their students because they expect so much of themselves. Why are they going to like? cheap shot themselves or expect so much from themselves and then not have it passed down to their students in the next right. generation. Yeah, you and, know, and that mean, maybe one thing that made them so great at what what their what their craft is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean you're talking they built jujitsu. Yeah. I mean Hobson like Hobson's like the Michael Jordan of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. The Gracie's got all the limelight because of UFC and all that stuff, and I'm not taking anything away no, from uh-huh. Helio or, or or Carlos Jr. Or, I'm not I'm not taking anything away oh, no. from any of them, but it's more more has happened outside of the Gracies, right? So that's yeah. that's like hot like the Hobsons. Um, I mean, you look you look at now like um, the Gracies are they the Gracie family still has a lot of very top notch competitors out there today. Mm-hmm. Um, Cron Gracie, yeah. amazing. Well, he's doing all MMA now. Yeah, amazing. He, he's kind of he got gotten out of, uh, out of you know, strictly still heavy jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu. Amazing. 
Hodger Gracie's. Hodger's one. He he belongs on the Mount. In my mm-hmm. opinion, Hodger belongs on the Mount Rushmore of Jiu-Jitsu. You have um, Clark Gracie. Clark's amazing. Yep. Um, there there are a lot of members of the Gracie. I mean, dude, Henzo. Yeah, Henzo. H- I mean, Henzo up there. I mean, he's not competing anymore. But you look at the athletes that are coming out of his school. Yeah, the Danaher Death Squad right. that was born out of Henzo's school. I mean, he's he made John Danaher. Yeah. You know. And I mean, but like the thing is, like, even during this time of like Henzo and them coming up, you have to understand, out of Novo Now, you're looking at top competitors, okay? It's Bruno, Hobson, Shaolin, you have Gustavo. These four men, they literally led Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. And Hobson, Hobson just literally just like won everything. Yeah. He, he he just won just about everything. Shaolin won everything. Bruno won everything. Yeah, I mean they won't they won't tell you like all the stuff they've done, but like I'm telling you, I know for a fact like like Bruno he'll he'll joke and be like yeah Hop, Hobson he'll tell stories about how Hobson used to bully him and beat him up. Let me tell you something. Not any not nobody could beat up Bruno. Yeah. Nobody could beat up Bruno. Hobson and Shaolin could beat up Bruno. Yeah. Now there though now Shaolin is also he's probably five seven, five eight and probably a buck sixty five, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. How heavy do they feel when they're on top of you for pressure? How heavy um, do they feel? Honestly, like whenever I'm rolling um Shaolin and Hobson, I don't feel them. I can't feel them. Really? Yeah, I can't feel them. I don't know where they're moving. They're so fast. No, it's fluid. I can't move, but I can't feel their weight. Right. Um, they they have a way of positioning themselves like to where they take all of my ability to move out of the equation. Bruno, I feel because I feel his mass, but I still don't feel him move much. Right. Um, now that being said, Hobson and Shaolin like me. Right. <laughs> they like me. I I have had Hobson feel like a Mack truck on my neck. Yeah. I have had Shaolin when I was a brown belt, as a matter of fact. Shaolin rolled me for six minutes at camp. And to this day, Hobson remembers this and he thinks it's the funniest thing that has ever happened. <laughs> I'm sitting off into the corner, and I was feeling really good about myself. I was a brown belt. I just tapped the black belt. And then Hops like, he's man, go roll Shaolin. I was like, okay. Dude, Shaolin puts me in half guard, sweeps me within five seconds, passes my guard, and is on top of me. And I look over at the clock, and I'm like, motherfucker, I got five more minutes of this shit. Yeah. I start giving him things. Yeah, he, I saw, and he wouldn't tap. No, he like, would, not, he would tap, not submit. He you. would not submit me. I wanted him to submit me so he would just get off of me. Right. Yeah. That I didn't. He did not submit me in six minutes because not because he couldn't. He just didn't want to. No, today's forecast pain. Oh my god, it sucked. Yeah. Hobson enjoyed every second of it. He thought it was the funniest thing, and he knows I'm scared of Shaolin. Like. I love Shaolin to death. Me and Shaolin get along really well. All right. But 
I respect him when he greatly. wants to turn it on. I I do not want any of that. No smoke from that. I, I do not want. I told any of I that. told you yesterday morning watching you roll with them two, it looked like you had stepped in a big pile of bubble gum and you couldn't <laughs> get it off the bottom of your shoe. That's how stuck to you they were. I mean, that's, they that's, being, that's the, like the sad, first thing came to the mind. The sad thing is, man, I was trying really hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> they weren't even trying. It's like the, the thing is, is, you understand, like, Hobson and Shaolin are six-degree black belts. They have been black belts for 24 years. Yeah. Bruno is a fifth-degree black belt. I'm a first-degree black belt, all right? I'm a white belt to them, man. Right, yeah. Like the time the timeline difference really and truly between me and Hobson as a black belt is a difference is greater in time than just between me and you. Right. And you just started. Needless to say, you that see what this, I'm saying? There's I mean, there's there's when you when you hear someone say there's levels to this, there like there are levels on levels on levels to I mean, to jiu jitsu at that capacity. I, I have competed at a very high level, um, if my knee wasn't so jacked up, I'd be really considering the pans um, this year. But I, I've competed at a very high level. I've had super fights. I've had tough fights. Um, and I can, I, can tell, I can say this honestly. At every competition I've been to since getting my black belt, they have not been easy. I have not rolled an easy black belt. There's no such thing. If that person got their black belt from an accredited associate, an accredited um, a legit, black, yeah, a legit, they do, they are not easy. No, it is not easy at all. I mean, gosh knows, man. I fought, I fought and lost, and I fought and won to some tough people, man. Uh, I've competed against people like Sean Spangler, Greg Walker. Um, gosh knows. Nascimenti, uh, Anderson Silverio. Um, these are very high level very, guys. Very, these are all very high level guys. Hoffa like, Dos Santos. You, yeah, a, yeah. Hoffa, Hoffa is a fucking monster. Just you he, two, Hoffa Dos Santos. He he got his um. He's a black belt out of Greenville, South Carolina. He's been a black belt for a while. And my first match as a black belt was against Hoffa. Oof. That's right. right. You told me that story. You had your black belt for like twenty minutes, <laughs> and you fucking. My, my, my man Hoffa just took second at the worlds. Yeah. Just took second. Lost by like an advantage. Did like to Formiga, who is the king of the middleweight division. Yeah, Formiga's. And the shit. And like, God knows, man. I, and that was that was that was very very eye opening for me as a competitor. Um, Have you ever rolled with JT Torres? No. Funny story about JT Torres, though. Um, A really good friend of mine, a really good black belt, Hobson's second American black belt, Jeff Mitchell, owns a school up in Delaware. JT went there and trained for, God knows, three or four months before he opened up his school. Yeah. Up in um, New York, before he opened up his central BJJ. And... I went up there as a brown belt, and Jeff has got some amazing, amazing students. Amazing students. And I did really well with his students. Really well. So not long, um, 
after I got my black belt, Jeff messaged me. He's like, dude, you're not going to believe who's been training with us for the last few weeks. I was like, who? JT Torres. I was like, no shit. I love JT Torres. I'm a huge yeah. fan of JT. He trains at Lloyd Irvin's a lot, mm-hmm. and my, I've got buddies from my canine club that train at Lloyd at yeah. uh, Lloyd Irvin's place. And I was like, I am. I've always wanted to meet him. He's like, well, Heath, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. A lot of the guys here are talking shit. I was like, what are they saying? Well, some of the students who they feel like you did them dirty last time you were up here want you to come up here and have like a mini super fight with JT. Shit. <laughs> Man, like, I've got to move that weekend. Well, what weekend like, is that? Yeah. I'm busy that weekend. I'm like, I'm like Jeff, um, I think I'm going to be sick next time. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have hemorrhoid surgery that weekend. No thanks. Yeah, they're, like, they're, telling, they're like, man, they're like, JT, he's going to put up a good fight. I was like, JT is going to beat the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, JT is a monster. He His is, headquarters stuff is... He's a Legendary. he's a he's amazing man. He's got uh his back attacks, man. He's like a human little backpack. If you right. get your back, you can get So so what 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 started your journey into martial arts in general? Because I mean I, I know yeah, so you started in judo. My dad's a fifth degree black belt in judo. And mm-hmm. so you you come you came up from childhood in judo i started judo on and off when i was nine years old and i didn't start training full time with it till i was about 14 or 15 mm-hmm. now at that time i was doing japanese jiu-jitsu and karate and but i really loved judo because it's kind of like a sport and i really like playing football and um, baseball yeah and my dad, it was time for me to spend time with him and stuff like that. It's actually where I met my wife. I met my wife doing At, judo. Doing, yeah, she told me that. Yeah, she uh, she got up to her second dawn in judo. Um, and she had a, a parse defect in her lower back, so she quit training really hard. And she got into running and stuff like that. And since having Grayson, she's just, I don't know. She says she's never going to come back to the mats. But I think my son's going to get her there yeah it's gonna be the one that gets her it's there. amazing what kids will get you to do like you I know. know i know grayson has been like probably the he's probably been the best thing next to my wife i have to say my wife you know you know but grayson's probably been one of the best things that's ever happened to me of course i yeah. mean he's a good kid he's a sweet kid he has a, a very he, sweet heart he, he does not have an an aggressional bone <laughs> No, I will body. say this: the dude will call, talk cash shit he sure will. To, to adults. I, I help, I help Heath, I help teach the juniors. Which Grayson is the same; uh, he's only a couple months younger than Jackson. Uh, I help teach the uh, the juniors at the in the kids class, and I was I I don't remember what Grayson was doing. He was doing something he wasn't supposed to, and I you know I'm a white belt with a stripe, but you know he knows I'm a white belt. And I'm like, Grayson, well, whatever, stop doing whatever you're doing. He said, you're not my daddy. You can't tell me what to do. And looked at me with this shit and grin Bro. on his face. I was like, you're goddamn right. I can't tell you what to do. Bro, look, look, look. All right, so, like, he, it's, like, the best part about my life right now, and I'm very selfish with this, is that we have an after-school program at, at my school. And... 
I know a lot of parents out there today, and I'm one of them, man. You're this way. You want your kids surrounded in an environment that will be completely positive for their growth and their development. To become, especially having boys, yes. in, in, a, in, a wor- in a world, in a country in 2021 where it's doing nothing, the generation is just, pr- just producing a bunch I'm, of fucking vaginas. Well, to become men. It's, it's like... To become men. And, and it's not even boys. It's not even boys. I'm really big on this too. And look at our women's program at my school. We got some straight up. We've got killers. Now wait a minute. They were not killers when they when came they start, to, but they are now. What are they now? Yeah, confident empowerment. Yeah, they're confident, I, empowered. I, I make sure when a female comes to my school that they are empowered. We have a girl, a teenager. Um, we call her Little Pony. She's 14 years old. She's a black belt in shit talk. She really is, but she won't when she started. Right, no. We got another one in there who's 16 years old, named Ashlyn. She's the same way. Won't when she started. Right. Look at, I have a blue belt named Erica. She's she's an assassin. Wasn't when she started. Erica, she was one of the first females that I rolled with. And I mean, I'm talking like my my white belt was still stiff. It was so new, and she literally, in the most nice, polite way, in, imposed her will upon me, yeah. and then told me what she did, how she did it, and what I should have done. And that's in which I was yeah. like, that's exactly what I'm look, what I want. Like, do that. Like, fuck me up, but tell me how to not get then, fucked up next then, time. Then look at this one. My second female brown belt. Look at Jen. Jen. Now, Jen, she rode with us up here yesterday. Jen is a forty. She turned forty-five on. Oh, I can't, I'm not allowed to ask Jen how old she is because she said if I ask her, she'll kick my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Well, 45-year-old Puerto Rican chick from the Queens or the Bronx. I can't remember. I think it's Queens. All I know is she's from New York, and yeah. I make fun of the way she talks. Yes. Uh, and her husband, G, he's also a brown belt now. Uh, but Jen, she is our – every gym has their enforcer. Jen is our gym's enforcer where if someone is getting out of hand, we he just six Jen on them. And she's broken a girl's hip. She has, I mean, she's she hurts everyone when she wants to, but she can also wear kid gloves with you yeah. if that's what you need that's to. That's empowerment. You see, that's the thing. Like, me and Shaolin were talking about this. Kids coming in today, little boys and little girls, they're coming in very soft. And, but entitled. Soft, entitled. They would rather get thumb workouts on their video games. Yep. And actually learn anything of real value, any accolades. And then what happens is they go to school, and they have this thing called social media now. We didn't have growing up. When we did not have it, and here's a problem: it's like if you had a if you had a shitty day at school, when you got home, it was you're done with it. Yeah, it didn't follow you home. Now it's following them home. Anywhere you go, and, and a lot of kids they don't know how because they don't. They haven't cre- created a 
version of who they are as a human being yet. They're kids. They don't know. Yeah, who, still, who does know at that I, age? I, I know. But the thing is, you need to put your child into something to where it gives them self-confidence so they can start trying to create some type of identity for themselves. And as a parent, I firmly believe that it is our jobs to make sure that our children are in an environment that will challenge them mentally, physically, and spiritually to be better people. Yeah. And it's not going to be handed to them. You can't hand it to them and say, oh, you had a bad day, baby. It's okay. Grayson, my God. I mean, my son is claustrophobic. He's claustrophobic. I know he's claustrophobic. Okay? He is not the only child that has come through my program that is claustrophobic. Right. Every time somebody gets my son in mount, he panics and cries. And you can see it's it's you can see it's legitimate fear in it, his face. It, like it, it's it, legitimate fear. And, and it's not it's not a bad problem. Look, I've had I've had full grown adults come in there. And freak out. And and freak out. It is normal, right? What is my job as a coach and an instructor? To help people manage it. So I'm in there on my own son, mounting him, holding him down, crying. Parents are like, God, he's the biggest asshole I've ever seen. No, I'm not being I an asshole. I knew what you were doing when you were doing I'm it. Not, You're working through it. I'm not being an asshole. I would rather it happen to my son on my mats than when he's on a playground at school and we can't and he deal, doesn't deal with it well then. Right. I would rather it happen to somebody's daughter on my mats where I can help them through it, where my instructors can help them through it, than it happen on a playground or in a bathroom or in a locker room some damn Yeah, where. or a bar. I mean, for a grown yeah. adult. I mean, you know. I mean, that's the thing. But the thing is, it's like kids coming in today, a lot of them are soft. And I run an environment that's it's not too rough, but it's not too soft. It's pretty edgy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even for my kids. I mean, people come in all the time and they look at my kids' program. My juniors, they do a lot of floor drills and workouts because when they're five years old, six years old, they need to start learning movements and mechanics first. Learn how your body moves. Yes. How, how, to, how to control your What do my limbs. seniors do every night? They're damn near rolling. They I mean, roll every night. They, they're, they're, they're rolling. They are literally getting arm Take downs. Chokes, arm barred every night. That's reality. Every night when a child comes into my program, he or she will be mounted. Someone's going to be choking them. There'll be another kid. He or she has to get out. He or she has to learn to defend themselves. Um, I'm not being hard as a coach. It's like what happened with me. I will tell you this. I've been training with Hobson for a very long time. I have never, ever passed his guard. I have been training with Bruno for a long time. I have never passed his guard. I will pass their guard if I earn it. They're not going to give it to me. Right, yeah. I'm yeah. a black belt. And I'm telling people this. Every time I roll Hobson, he passes my guard. Every time I get on top of Hobson, he lets me on top of him. I never pass his guard. Every time I roll Hobson, he submits me. Yeah. 
every time I roll Bruno, he submits me. That's reality. Do I go, am I upset? No. It's making me better every day. Yeah. Every day it's making me better. And that's, I mean, that's how we feel too in class. Uh, and, and Heath, when we're, we're doing line drills, basically it's nine people spread out, three rows of three on the floor, and then all the rest of us are in line, kind of like waiting for our turn to go match up with the next available person of the nine. Uh, we will work on a specific, hey, we're passing, defending the closed guard, go. And then when you, whoever wins, if I were to pass this person's closed guard, I stay, they get in line, the next person comes to me. Now they're in my closed guard, and it's my job to either sweep them, submit them, whatever, to defend them from passing. Well, Heath is always front right person in that same spot. He's rolling with us. He rolls more than any other student, more than any student. Yeah. Every night, and it's my job. Man. Yeah, and when and there's no, and I love my job. <laughs> and there's no mercy like when and I, people don't. People try to like avoid eye contact when he chokes somebody out or sweeps them. And it's their turn next, and they they're trying not to look at Heath because they want to go get somebody they can beat. They don't want to roll with Heath because they know they're not going to win. I love rolling with Heath. I, I'll say I'll, I'll go. I'll jump in front of them to roll with Heath because I know I'm not going to pass his guard. I am trying to do everything I can to pass his guard, and then when it doesn't work, I just saw what he did that. Yep. Made it not work. One time in particular, I've told him about this. One time in particular, we were passing defending the open guard, and I thought I was going to be slick willy with it. And I got past his leg, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm home free. I fucking did it. Somehow, I don't know how he detached his leg from his body and then grabbed it with his hands. And then somehow he put that foot, just snuck it right back in around me and sucked me right back in and fucking butterfly swept me. And I was like, did I almost? He said, no. Nah. No, you didn't almost have me, bro. It was like Vin Diesel and Fast Furious, like you well, never see, had like, your car. And, and, like, everybody has strengths, too. So, like, um, obviously, like, me doing judo as long as I have, um, I kind of quit training judo, right? Yeah. Um, I got my blue belt early because of my judo. Right. And, that's and you see that with wrestlers, too. Yeah, but see, that's why I hold my wrestlers back. Because see, what happened to me was I got my blue belt early because of my judo, and it didn't help me worth a shit. Yeah, it didn't help you get your purple belt. They, you know, nah, it, it when I got my blue belt and I went to my first competition, I got ransacked. Right. I did, and it was against people I shouldn't have shouldn't have lost to. Right. Now you kind of a year later, um, I fixed a lot of stuff, came back and did really well. But like with wrestling, man. Um, it, it was something I never really been good at. I never really. You are now. Yeah, I've worked really yeah, hard. Yeah, you at are it. now, but, motherfucker. But we have we have a guy in the school, um, Deshaun, man. His wrestling's amazing. He's a fucking monster. Uh, you look at it, we have a guy in Corey. He's really good. Lynn's good. Sam's good. Sam's amazing too. I mean, these guys are very very high level wrestlers. They're all white, like so, upper upper white or blue belts. Mm-hmm. And, and they I, give everybody problems. And when I roll them, I don't use jujitsu against them. I try to out wrestle them. Right. Yeah. And I know that's I'm not for gonna, you. Yeah, I know I'm not going to be able to out wrestle Corey. I'm not going to be able to. Right. 
if I want to sweep Corey and submit him, I can use jiu-jitsu and I can do really well, but that's not going to make me better. I want to try to get better at wrestling. Everybody's got things like that. Some things that they're really good at, some things that they're not really good at. Um, I would say not really good at. Um, when I say that, it's things that you just need to work harder at to be better at. Sure, yeah. Um, weak, weak weaknesses. I mean, yeah. they are. Um, I, I'm just a big... I'm just a firm believer of it through through what I've done with jiu-jitsu with my business. It's just hard work. I mean, every, anything in life that you're ever going to, like, try to get, it's not going to be easy. No. Anything in life worth having is never easy to get. And the stuff that you get that's easy, I don't really want to know if it's really worth having. Yeah. No, I get that. <clears throat> well, that kind of reminds me of something uh, the. I did a podcast right after uh, our rank review back in March, and I basically went into the story about how rank review went, and uh, you had told me, I had gotten prior, probably what, three, four weeks before rank review, I, I rolled with a guy that's got really good wrestling, he's really, really heavy pressure, meaning, and he's a bigger guy, uh, blue belt and I got I got stacked on my neck pretty fucking hard and the same night got by the same guy got can opened and and that was more of just a further injury and it it, it was all muscular but I, I couldn't turn my head for days I couldn't roll for a week or two and it really hurt and and Heath being the what like you said earlier what separates an instructor from a black belt you know the normal black belt is things like this you told me straight up hey look i'm putting you up for your green stripe which is the first stripe in a white belt the blue stripe is the is the second stripe so all of the other solid white belts were going to be put up for their blue stripe he said david i want to put you up for your green stripe because of your neck i don't want not that you're not good enough for your blue stripe i don't want people rolling you until your neck is straight as though you are a blue stripe until that's that's figured out what we're going to do is we're just going to probably just skip blue stripe and we're going to work on getting you your purple for the next rank review in november i was like fuck it whatever that's cool i'm down i'm down whatever you say is what i'm down with and and i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna be candid here when we had rank review and i was the only person put up for the green stripe it wasn't that i wasn't getting a blue is that i was the singled out one amongst my peers that got the green stripe I felt like salty about myself. I was like, "Fuck, maybe I just I'm not, maybe I'm not fucking good enough. Maybe they are. Their jiu-jitsu is better than mine." And you know, more of that self-doubt stuff. And but I, I I got over it in like 30 seconds, and then I've been fine. I've my neck's doing a lot better. They they will hunt you differently. So like, the thing is, okay, this happens with blue belts, right? So. Normally, whenever I give somebody their blue belt, I take them off to the side, and I let them know that the next few weeks is going to be different. Like, what do you mean? Those white belts that you've been submitting and beating the last few weeks, you're now a target. Right, yeah. They're going to roll you even harder because they know if they can get you, they're going to feel like, okay, he's going to give me my blue belt now. Right, yeah. They know it's a target. I didn't want to say that. I know more about fucking targets on your back yeah, than anybody. Than any fucking body. Because every fucking night when I'm in my business, 
my business. I mean, this ain't like I own a pizza place. Right, yeah. Okay, and somebody comes into my business and they get upset with me because I don't give them their appetizer rice. No, no, no. In my business, whenever somebody comes in, we had one come in last week from out of town. It's a purple belt. You were trained. the target. <laughs> oh, man. No, they want to know how good I am. Yeah. How do they see That's how good a target. I am? That's a target. They, you think they're going to beat me in my business? No. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm being honest. I mean, I run a very, very good environment. But people want to know that when they're coming to me, that I'm not full of shit. That I'm not full of it. Because you can go on YouTube right now while you're listening to this podcast. Type in fake martial arts. Oh, yeah. You'll see people doing death touches and all this crap, energy touches. And yeah, the fucking... Bull, bullshit. Cheese shit. Now, you're thinking when you're watching this, this is the funniest, stupidest thing you have ever seen in your life. And you're absolutely right. Steven Seagal. No, I like Steven Seagal. <laughs> you... <laughs> I mean, under siege, come on, man. Yeah. Under siege. Man, what was it? Good above news. the law? Above My the law. God. Come on. Above the law? I mean, damn. Move the DMX? Oh, my God. Uh, what well, was that? I forgot what it was. It was exit wounds. Yeah, exit wounds. Get some DMX. exit wounds, man. Rest in peace, God, DMX. I know. Man. But no, you go online right now, type in some fake martial arts, you'll see a bunch of bull crap. You're like, man, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But let me tell you a secret. The dumbest thing you're ever seeing People are paying them hundreds and hundreds of dollars to learn it. People want to know how real it is. I'm at a point now where they ain't got to roll me. They can go roll my students. And they'll be like, they can't get through my students. They're like, God knows. They're learning from somebody. <laughs> yeah, right? they can't get through my students. They're like, oh my God. Uh, what, what what about Heath? Like, yeah, I don't do anything with Heath. <laughs> we, right. We, we yeah, we him. ain't touching we, we We try not to roll him. And then whenever we bring, he I, see that's the thing is too like another thing like why I tell you my students are spoiled. I mean, who do I bring in to yeah. teach seminars? Right. Yeah. I don't. I bring in and, people and, who and, smash me. Well, but it's the people who you learn what you know from. Yeah. So you're passing that along to us. I mean, and that's the thing, dude. Like, so when people come in, man, they want to know whether or not I'm full of crap. And there is a lot of places out there, especially if you're talking about like your kids. Like we talk about this a lot too. Like, um. Like karate versus taekwondo versus jiu-jitsu, all right? I have a black belt in karate hanging in my closet somewhere from a long time ago. I did it. I know a lot of people did it, too. Like, you get there, like, watching the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The well, that's Mugen just, in America, turn. that's the stereotypical, like, oh, you want to teach your kid to defend himself? Put him in karate class. That's just, like, well, a natural re- reflex of Americans. Here, here's, here's the thing. And this is this is where parenting with, with jiu-jitsu honestly comes in. Okay? And this is why I sit back and talk about kids today are not like they were when I was little. And look, my my granddad and my mom, thank God, I never went without. I have had one of the best and most blessed lives anybody could ever ask for. Alright? But here's the thing. They put me in activities that gave me self confidence 
and gave me a way to identify who I was as a human being. Yeah. Nobody bullied me. Think about how much shit I talk right now. I right. talk a lot of shit to yeah, a you, lot of people. You didn't just pick that up. No. Why can't I talk shit to people? What are they going to do? They ain't got nothing to do with jiu-jitsu. Well, it's your self-confidence that, you, that you've grown up with and yes. has been instilled in you. Exactly. Yeah. All right. But really, so, though, but, what are they going to do? Thing, yes, <laughs> what are they going to do? But here's the thing, though. It's real confidence. Yeah. It's not fake confidence. It's not confidence. manufactured. I yeah. know when somebody comes up and slap hands with me at Rank Review or anywhere else, for the most part, I already know what I'm going to be able to do to them. And I'm not bragging. I've been doing this 17 damn years. I know. I also know that when I'm sitting on my butt and my instructor hops and walks up to me, He's about to take my lunch money. Yep. And there ain't going to be a damn thing I can do about it. And I can do two things. I can sit back there and I can lay down and die. Or I can make him earn it. And there'll be days where it didn't feel like I made him earn it. He said I did so much better in that role than the last time. I'm like, I didn't feel it. Yeah. Could have fooled me. <laughs> yeah, I Were know. we looking at the same thing? But, but the thing is, I have the confidence to attack everybody. No matter who it is. I mean, for crying out loud, man, like, Anderson Silvera is a three-time Brazilian national champion. I fought him in the finals of the Chicago Open. All right? I gave him everything I had, and that man schooled me. He, he, I, I knew how decorated he was. I didn't care. I was going to go fight him and do the best I could. Win or lose, I learned a lot. He, he, um, he did a really cool mount on me that I had never had done before, pressured a certain way. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. I learned from it. But but come by this, like, so this is the problem I have with kids. Do you want your child to be confident or do you want them to have a fake type of confidence? A facade. So there are, there are schools where you can go enroll your child in that program and what will happen is they will go learn a series of moves. Katas. They will not spar, do anything live. Okay? And at the end of the day, they never really lost in class. It was all hypothetical. Yep. They, Everything was... Yeah. Your whole art mm-hmm. is hypothetical. Yeah. I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking arts. But what I'm saying is this. I'll knock it. I don't give a shit. Your child's going to go stand in line, do blocks, punches, and kicks... They're not going to spar live. Um, They're going to leave, though, feeling good because nobody really lost. Now, they come to my school, and I have 20 kids on the mats, and I say, okay, guys, today we're going to roll. We are going to roll. That means we're going to have 20 kids. They're going to roll each other. We're going to have 10 winners, and we're going to have 10 losers. That's reality. Mm-hmm. That is reality. And the kid who lost has to get up, slap the other kid's hands, and I say, find a new partner. Keep it going. Keep it moving. Then I'm going to have, again, 10 more winners, 10 more losers. Now, they say this thing in jiu-jitsu, like, no, there's no such thing as losing. You learn. No. At a very early age, I want my son to lose. Right. I want him to lose so that way I can help him develop the confidence to get back up. 
if your kid's not losing, not being pushed, you're they're not gonna they're not gonna succeed. It's it's like me and Shailene Hobbs, we talk about this all the time. Life's a competition, right? Everything. All right. Baker, I asked you a very personal question. Do you think your wife's a beautiful woman? She's the most beautiful woman in the world to me. Do you think you're the only man when you were dating that thought she was a beautiful woman? Hell no. It better not be. <laughs> if if I was, I got a problem. So, <laughs> you know, when you went up to ask your wife out on a date, that there was a bunch of other guys out there that would have liked to take her out Done on a date, Done the same right? thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They just want as good looking as I am, though. They ain't as good looking as I am, though. I don't know, man. That's you, all there is to it. You lucky. Yeah, I am that. <laughs> I'm lucky. <laughs> but it, life's a competition. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. All right. For instance, we have, um, we have a guy. Um, he worked with me for a while. He just got a very good job. It's like, Heath, I wouldn't have had the confidence to even apply for that job if I hadn't been doing classes with you, probably. Yeah. I was like, why? He's like, well, I just didn't think they would even want to look at me. I mean, I was like, why? Why not apply for it? Right. Why be scared to try to better yourself in life? Put yourself in a situation to make you better. Well, see, that's the thing. That's that's well, like what I'm talking well, about. What it's can insecurity. happen? It's what can happen if you don't? What can happen if you do? Other than get the job, is you don't get it. Yeah. So what happens when you roll with somebody? You either win or or you tap. See, and, and I understand. See, like anxiety's real. I know a lot of people who struggle with anxiety. I have anxiety. My anxiety is different than my wife's. My wife's anxiety is about the is about the house. Right. My anxiety is about my business. Right. Um, when you own your own business, you know it's not yeah. it's not easy. No one's it, doing the work for you. No, no. It's, it's on you, man. It is so not easy. I mean, it's like you've seen a small taste of just <laughs> just today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's there's a lot of moves that got to be made. Yeah, and, and everything because it, like I said, it's not gonna. The jujitsu, jujitsu sells itself because it's just it's proven. It sells itself, but that doesn't mean the business of jujitsu runs itself. No. It it doesn't. And it's and it's hard, and, and it's like balancing. It's like I have parents call me all the time. We have an in-house competition coming up for our kids. Whoop whoop! Jack's gonna gonna take it to the house. Man. It's just gonna I be a good. It's just gonna be a good experience for the kids. And a lot of parents are like, I know right now, I'm I'm worried that my child's not gonna do good. I'm worried that it might be bad for him. Why? Yeah, it'd be good for him if he does bad. I'm <laughs> gonna have an environment set up at this in house where it's a positive thing for all kids, whether they win or lose. That doesn't mean everybody gets participation no, trophies. No partici- there's no participation trophies at all. I'm saying I'm gonna have an environment set up to where they're gonna have a positive atmosphere whether they win or lose and it'll be it'll be fun yes it's it, it'll be yes. fun and at that age it, that's important and you but and that's the thing like my wife and it's like well he you can't be that way with kids like why why not i trained my butt off i trained my butt off for the chicago open for the atlanta open i podiumed at those events, the Charlotte Open, I podiumed at those events, right? I felt really good about my performances. I trained my ass off for Worlds. Trained my ass off. Only event I haven't podiumed at. Right. But you didn't regret I going. In, I put in the damn work. 
for worlds and i still lost in that podium and you didn't regret going no and doing it no you wouldn't go back and say man i would just if i know now what if i knew then what i know now i just i wouldn't have signed up for worlds no. i wouldn't have gone god no uh-uh. so because it was an experience and and you you became better after worlds yeah because and, of your experience there of losing and that's the thing man like you're gonna lose in life man like I've been looking at making um, some big moves with my school and my business. Like, Heath, why don't you do it? Well, I know what I want to do. I know how to do it. But, timing. Um, I'm kind of glad things kind of got put on the back burner last year because if I'd made any kind of major expansions last year with COVID, bro, I'd been screwed. Yeah. I would have been. I would have been royally screwed, like bankrupt screwed. I know a lot of friends of mine through COVID who unfortunately had to declare bankruptcy, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just... To no fault of their own. No. No. I mean, I know one dude who was running probably an amazing business. Martial arts business, amazing. Couldn't make it. And I mean, he didn't get no help or anything like that. I well, mean, it's an, it was an artificial problem. So that's where, because if COVID never happened, he'd have never been put in that position to do that. No, no, he wouldn't. Have. And, and the thing is, with it, like, um, in a way, it was good, good for me. In a way, it was bad. I mean, I mean, you always want to have things succeed, but kind of like it's giving me, a, it's kind of giving me an outside perspective about seeing a little bit of holes in my business. I would like fixed before. I do something bigger. Sure. You know what I mean? Because um, I'm afraid if I had kept things the way that they were, I'm not saying I wouldn't have been successful. I'm just saying it might have been harder. Right. You but know? you know what I tell a lot of people that are in a position like you're in and everything is that uh, I don't even know where I heard it, but I heard it a long time ago. Um, it basically, if if you if you can't invest in yourself. You can't if you can't uh, see the justification in, in investing money capital in yourself. Mm-hmm. Why would anyone else want to invest in you? It's kind of like this: if I can't believe in myself, why the fuck would I expect you to believe in me? Same thing. Yeah. Same same exactly. exact thing. And the thing is, though, like when you're talking about like finances and business, right? It's not. It's not just one thing to say, okay, I believe in myself, invest in myself, I do, right? It's it's it has to be is it smart. Yeah. It has you to gotta be do it the right way. Yeah, that's exactly You gotta be right. fucking smart. And, you can't be stupid. And that's what I'm talking about. I know what to do, but I think having this time off and me really analyzing all the little nooks and crannies of my business and stuff like that, I think I found some holes I can tighten up. Sure. You know what I mean? That could have possibly cost me a little bit extra, more money than what I would have wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so really, it's with, just doing, it's making that investment with a higher education yeah, about the investment. Exactly. So, yeah. And, it's, it's and I, I'm getting ready to invest. I mean, uh, we had some contractors come out last week. Uh, we're looking at doing an expansion in our program right now. Our after-school program is doing pretty good. Um, Haley, she is running it. Um, Haley has been with me for two years now, and 
she's getting ready to have a baby. And she's about to pop. Yeah. Um, she's going to be a good mom. I know she is. Um, she is great with all the kids out there. She's managing my after-school program. It's growing. So we're going to do an expansion to add more space for our after-school program for the kids. Right. Um, we're going to do some changes with how jiu-jitsu is done with our after-school program um, once we get a certain number of kids. So I, I'm very excited for that. Summer camps this year are going to be a blast. Uh, we're talking about taking the kids to the aquarium. We're talking about taking the kids um, to you know, the creamery, putt-putting, um, the park. All kinds of uh, non-jiu-jitsu activities oh, that the yes. kids will love. Oh, man, dude. We're talking. They're doing... Um, we're doing themed weeks, man, like spirit weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and we're doing 80s weeks. Uh, Grace is going to be dressed up like the Karate Kid characters. Oh, shit. <laughs> Do you guys got to be Cobra Kai, though. Yeah, he's going to be Cobra Kai. He's got to be Cobra Kai. He's most definitely going to be Cobra Kai. Um, yeah. We're going to have Superhero Week where they get to dress up like their favorite superheroes all week. Haley's got a, a few other weeks I'm letting her put together, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're going to have a lot of fun. And, um... And just hopefully this place will just keep growing, thank God. Well, I, I want to go on record and say this, that, and I've, I've touched on this with you privately and everything, but I want to, you know, publicly, publicly do it. What you're doing at ECBJJ from a person who fairly recently walked through the doors for the first time, you're, you're doing that, that right, because... I know everybody is an individual, but you being the coach, you being the professor, you being the, the leader, you have set a, a tone, a, a, a vibe, a feng shui, or whatever you want to call it, of, of family. Yeah, it's a team. And I felt that that That's it's one thing. Like, that's the thing. That's, that's one of the biggest things with me. Like, okay. You played soccer, right? Yes, I did. All right. Back-to-back -back state championships. Okay. I know people played baseball. I did. Played football. You know what the sad thing is about those sports? What's that? And I'm, I'll be honest. I'm I'm kind of here right now with jiu-jitsu, but at the same time, I'm not. All right? One day... When you're playing baseball, whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's AAA, or whether it's the major leagues, a coach is going to walk up to you and they're going to tell you that you just don't have the tools anymore. Right. And that's over. Jiu-Jitsu is not like that. No. For me, to a degree, it gives, I'm 37 years old now. Um, not as young as I used to be. But that's to compete at a super high level. That's and, not jujitsu. And, and, you know? and even at my age, there are age divisions at a very high For level. That, yeah. Yes, absolutely. But my business is growing so much. Thank God. It is it is growing. I'm expanding my kids' program. I'm not complaining when I say this. I have to invest more time in my students getting them ready for competitions than I do myself. Right. Yeah. It is You're taking more, on a new role. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. 
and it's more important for me that they do well and think like I said who are my coaches who are my instructors right I know what I'm doing yeah I know what I'm doing um, we've had Kathy two years ago took third at Master Worlds yeah I rode um, her some this weekend I had last year before COVID I had six competitors go to the IBJJF we brought back nine medals uh, that was in Atlanta in Charlotte the year before I brought ten we brought back 19 medals Oops. that's a very very good sign of what I'm doing now it could be better I'm seeing holes in a lot of my students like I uh, might not get first place they make a mistake here something I need to cover in class you know um, but that's it that's every instructor though that's every instructor they see problems with their students and they they structure their programs accordingly to fix holes and gaps for all their students when they see things that are messed up you know yeah um but with jiu-jitsu man you, you used to play other sports or you never played sports or were never part of a team i'm creating an environment to where it's a team and it you very very much so feel that too because everybody listening to this podcast right now will be able to relate to this there's very few communities like the long range precision community mm-hmm. like especially even if you take the whole genre of shooting long range precision shooting it's its own niche its own corner and we are different than your you know three gun you know trap yeah. shoot we if you go to a match and you don't have something that you may need, everyone throws that shit at you. Like, here, use this. Use, they want to help. They want yeah. to, or like, they see you struggle on a stage. People want to, people want to, hey, look, man, if you don't mind me talking to you for a minute, like, I saw that you did this. Why don't you try next time, you know, I mean, position the rifle this way and, and stepping back around, squaring back up. And, the, and it's, people want to help. And it's, and it's like that a little bit in jiu-jitsu, too. Like, it's a lot like that in jiu-jitsu. Depending on the event, the worlds, the mundials, are different right everyone's there to make a name but in the training room in the training room it's yeah. a fan i mean it's it, a family i look at I, everybody I, that i roll with at everybody that i see when i walk in the doors i see and it is uh, that i look at them and within two weeks of being there i felt like this is like a family that i belong to now and, and this, i love that and this is the truth though like some people it turns off no, well, that. like one of the things is when people come to my school, they have to buy my uniform. They have to; they can only wear my uniform in class. And I've had a few people who I put my foot up my up their ass with the last few weeks about this because they've tried to go out and buy other geese and stuff like that. It's not my. It's not. I mean, I do make a little bit of profit off of uniforms, but that's just business. Is a pain in the ass to order the damn things? God, yeah, I know, but for it, you. For me, it's that's what I'm talking about. It's a yeah, pain yeah, to yeah, ask yeah, for you yeah, to yeah, order them. Yeah. So, but it, it's not just it's not the money aspect of it. It's the fact is it makes everybody uniform in my school to where they understand that they're joining a team. Yeah, I've had people come in from other schools that I mean I got to buy one of your geese, but I had this geese. I don't care. Yeah, you have a trial period of thirty days. Within thirty days. You are expected to be wearing only my uniforms on my mats. Right. 
Um, think about it. What uniforms do I wear? Oh, Hobson or ECBJJ? Yeah. I wear either my instructor's uniforms, which is Hobson, or I wear my uniforms. Why? Which, when I compete, guess whose uniform I wear? Yeah. I wear Hobson's. Yeah. Because he is my instructor and I'm a part of his team. Right. And we're and we're just it's like a tree. Yep. And we're then we're just br- we're bran- we're branches of that tree. Arm and you is it, is it's like dude, like, okay, what's your favorite baseball team? I don't fucking have. I don't but it used to be the Red Sox. Alright, you like the Red Sox? Used to, and they right. sucked. Alright, let me ask you a question. I'm gonna buy you tickets to Fenway. They're gonna be com- they're gonna be playing against the Yankees. What hat are you gonna wear? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna wear a Boston hat. Cause your team, right? Yeah. Why the fuck aren't you gonna wear my gi? Right. You're on my team. Exactly. That's well, it's not even team. It's it is team, but it's also go back to it's family yeah. too. You know, it's it's like a family crest. I mean, you know, one cares about family crest nowadays, but way back in the 17, 1600s, like your family yeah. crest was very important and stuff. And it, I, I look at the ECBJJ and the RMNU logos as like a like a family crest, a lineage, and, and, and it's, it's important. It's the truth, man. It's like you just join a team. Like you're part of something. And I know jujitsu is an individual sport. I mean, but it is a team. But you know? it is a team. It I took mean, a team to make you what you are, but you're just competing at an individual level. Exactly. That's the only difference. Exactly. So no, I don't rely on while I'm on the clock, while I have an, an opponent in front of me. I'm not relying on my teammates to do anything. It's all on they, me. They can't fight him for you. No. But they but can they get can you helped, ready. Yeah, they can have help prepare you. For exactly. Win and, or and lose. That's right? the environment. That's the environment at ECBJJ is everybody is trying to better themselves, but more so better everyone yeah, around we, them because they are, know that makes them better. We we are a bit of a family. We're a little bit dysfunctional. It, it's, I mean, those are the look, best families though. Look, look at Miles. I mean, you, Miles, <laughs> and. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I I rag him so much, man. He is so fun to rag. He he has been a big part of my school for a long time. And Miles called me up on the phone, and he'd done Taekwondo before. And he's like, yeah, I want to do something. I was like, man, this is going to be the greatest thing in the world. It's going to really change your life. He's like, Heath sure as shit changed my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe he's got some great whiskers because oh, of you. Oh, man, dude. I, I literally, like, I troll him so much, man. And, like. But it's like a big brother to a little brother. Oh you go fuck God. with Miles, and Heath is going to snap your head off. Oh, and man, my favorite. If Miles though, doesn't like, do it himself. But the thing is, is, like, all of my instructors are like, Miles is smart. He's like, okay, I know I can't fuck Heath up. I know I can't. I'll go buy him Slim Fast for his birthday. <laughs> right. He bought me a case of Slim Fast for my birthday. Right. He'll buy me the dumbest things, the stupidest, funniest birthday cards and everything like that. It is so funny. But what he really wants to get me, man, he has made friends with all the alphas out there. He's made friends with Hobson. He's yeah. made friends with Bruno. So he's going to sick them on you if you do too much. He's like, yeah. I'm going to call Bruno right now. Oh man, he will tag Bruno in a post on Facebook and I'll get like a text message like five minutes after it's tagged from Bruno. 
You better watch it, son. You better leave him alone. <laughs> Daddy's coming to town. Daddy's coming. Daddy's coming to town. <laughs> I mean, Jen's another one. I, I trash talk her so much, man. But you love her. Yeah. And we all, everyone loves Jen. Unless, but, and other than when she's on top of you, cross-facing you. And I and will, tell you, I will tell you this about Miles, man. Um, Miles is not... He's never been an athlete. He's never been one. It's very unassuming. Um, and I have brought him to more competitions than a lot of other people. And in some of those competitions, man, a lot of them he hasn't done well. That'll be on a Saturday. And this is something you cannot teach. On Monday... He's back on the mats when they want to know why he messed up. He's back in the weight room, lifting weights, trying to get stronger. Get that edge. Miles has got one of the biggest hearts, as a person and as a student, that you could ever ask to see. Um, and I, and it's the only damn nice thing I'm ever going to say about that little asshole. <laughs> <laughs> only thing I'm ever going to say. Nice. But I'm serious. I mean, he is absolutely fantastic. He is. And um, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu it, there's so many different walks, of, just like precision rifle. You'll have a sniper, like a legitimate Marine Corps scout sniper, go out there for his first uh, match with the civilians, and then he gets his ass fucking toted by a plumber. or <laughs> but, uh, I'm not even joking, a, a lawyer or a doctor or a, a, a grunt or something like that and then you know it you've got absolute killers in our game that are the most unassuming yeah. of guys and they're just they're, they've they've honed their their craft and they're really good at but there's just there's not one there's not one sect of people that do that right there, yeah. there, there's not and the same thing with jiu-jitsu I mean you've got guys it's just uh, I'll Trey for example Yep. Trey's 130 pounds soaking wet. Look a little, sorry Trey, little nerdy looking guy, but he is like the nerd assassin of jiu-jitsu. He's Trey's, so fucking technical. Trey is good. He's like a Trey little spy, a blue belt, but he's like a little spider monkey. He's at the gym every fucking day and working on something. And he's, he's he, Trey is so good. I love Trey. Uh, and he's a, a good, in my opinion, a good example of the diversity Trey, that jiu-jitsu has. I should charge him rent. Because he about lives there at your yeah. gym. He, he he puts in the work. That's the thing. It's like with jiu-jitsu, man. Like, the truth is with this, and this is goes back to, like, confidence with kids. Like, why are my women so strong? Because I, I feel like, personally, Jen will probably tell you this, I empower women as much as I possibly can. I've had women come in who had very, very bad things happen to them. Yeah. Well, they're the most vulnerable. Relatively speaking, women are the most vulnerable. So it's. I have created an environment where women can come in and train safely, and that is very, very important because it's something that you don't see much of today. The women, and it's kind of like a team within a team. Our women's program is like its own separate team. We have a we have a women's team, and I'll tell you this: look at what my female competitors have been doing. Yeah. Like Janice, Janice puts in the time she drives an hour yep. back and forth with her and her son, and she's there more than I am, and I live fucking twelve minutes from the gym. Look, look at, look at, uh, look at Pony. 
Yeah, pony. There's there are I can count on one hand how many women that of whatever skill level that I feel that can't tap me. I the rest of them I talk I even pony I'm like, all right, pony, don't hurt me. She's a hundred pounds. I'm like, pony, don't don't hurt me. Don't you know, when we're doing don't hurt me, pony. Or or Ashley, don't hurt me, or Becca, you know, Erica, any of them. And they're teenagers. Yeah, they're fucking good. They're, they're little ninjas. teenagers. And, and that's the thing. It's like, what's going to help them? All right. What is going to make it to where Pony, when she's 21 or 22 years old. She's going to be a killer. Forget jujitsu. Yeah. She's going to be a killer of a person, period. She should have the tools to where if she wants to go be successful in life, it's because she wants to be successful in life. Right. Because she has the confidence to go out and do it. That is the thing. It's all about confidence. How confident are you as a person? And how confident are you with yourself? I mean, it's like uh, we were talking at dinner last night with Shaolin. He was like, man, confidence is one of the most important things that you can teach somebody today. Because everybody, they're like, they toe the line with political credits. And I hate God, yeah. I hate political. We correctness. talk about that shit all the time. God, I hate political correctness. It is one of the worst things that Dis- ever. It's happened. a disease. Political correctness. Look, this is this is just my opinion. An opinion is like an asshole. Everybody's got one, and they all smell like shit. That's except, just a except trick. yours. Nah, nah, nah. Mine does too. Uh, but here's the thing. Political correctness. The reason why I do not like it is because it creates a world full of hypocrites. Yep. And liars, really. And, and the thing is, like, everybody on God's green earth was made to be different. That is what makes us all special. That's what makes us all unique. From who we are as a human being. Sexual preferences, color of our skins, nationalities, everything. God made us all to be unique and all special. But you know what he did? He gave us the same thing. He gave us the ability to work hard, especially if you're born in the United States, which is the greatest country in the world. In the history of the world. Oh, my God. If you were born in the United States of America. You're part of the 1% of the world. You hit the jackpot. You won the lottery. You, You already won it. All you've got to do is work hard to go get it. Yep. There are people in other countries that don't even have that. I mean, I'm being serious. When your poor people are fat as shit, your your country's doing okay. It's like Joe Joe Rogan's like, in America, our poor people are are fat. fat. Think about that. that. Think about it, yeah. (laughs) Think about that. I mean... Go but, go to Ethiopia and and see how fat the poor people are. Political correctness, man, it's just... I don't understand it. My whole thing is like, I talk a lot of shit. I make a lot of fun of a lot of things. I just find everything funny. Yeah. That's just who I am as a person. Everything to me, for the most part, I can find humor the in. The more fucked up it is, the more I'll, funny it is. I, I mean, because it's kind of like, it's like today, like Hobson. Dude, I can't walk right now. And Hobson's trying to get me to park in a handicap spot. I say, don't worry, nobody's going to question it. I mean, dude, that's kind of funny. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it didn't hurt my feelings at all. I'm still going, man, that, is, that was a good one. I'm also the kind of person that Hobson um, bought a truck. Little Hobson. 
You know what he drives? What's that? A Tundra. Yeah. You know what I bought him What's for that? his birthday? What? I bought him a booster seat. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Dude, did you, you know give it to he, him in person? You know what he did? What? He beat my ass. Yeah, right. Exactly. I said, did you give it to him in person? I sure shit did. Oh, my God. I mean, but, dude, that's the thing. Like, I mean, what are friends going to do? Like, friends are supposed to be able to joke and clown with one another. And it's like people think things too personally. And one of the reasons why people take things too personally is, guess what? They well, have no confidence in who they are as well, a Well, and being. also, they're told to take things too personally. They're told that they're, they're supposed to. They're not going to tell me anything. Right. Nobody is going to tell me how I should think, how I should believe, or how I should feel. They're not going to do that. Because I am very confident in who I am as a human being. Will I make mistakes? Yeah, I'm going to make mistakes. Are you going to make mistakes? Yes. We're all going to make mistakes. That's the big newsflash. We're not perfect. We're all going to make mistakes in life. You need to be confident in who you are. Screw political correctness. And that's what, that's the I know, I know. When I say like. screw political correctness, I'm not saying go out there and be an asshole. And, and be a, a complete dick to be, be yeah and, and purposefully bully, and, offensive and, to and, and, and complete strangers yeah. yeah and bully no by no way am I saying any of that what I am saying though is that if you've got self confidence in who you are as a human you're not going to give a shit what anybody thinks about you anyway right you live in America my God. And that and chase your dreams. Have the balls and ovaries to go chase your damn dreams. And we have that environment at ECBJJ and it helps. That goes along with the, the kids. Obviously we're not, you know, motherfucking everything in front of the kids, but no. I mean we're, we're teaching that that way because that helps go in goes into that molding of a personality, molding of a self confidence. That they learn at a young age and they carry it with them throughout had, their whole I've life. Had, I've had I've had people tell me like um, I don't know what do you think about this. I've had I've had parents who have their kids in my program come up to me and they tell me that he, you're harder on the kids than you are the adults. What do you think? I, do I think if that's true or not? Yeah. I I think you have a you have a different a different tone because you are trying to accomplish two different things because of uh, of the place of where either the adults are in life and where the kids are in life. So to me, you don't have you have you have a jovial tone with the kids, but there's also a also more of a disciplinary tone when they yeah. need it because they need it right yeah. Yeah, I'm a grown man I'm not going to step out of line. if I step out of line you tell me but it's not of this and you're not my daddy either but you you'll say hey David no we're, that's not cool but if it was a kid you would almost like your own child say hey look this is why we're not doing that play A, B, and C and we're not having that in my gym anymore okay and, and because oh I've they, kicked, they learned I've, a lesson there I've kicked people out man I've kicked kids out. I've kicked adults out. I mean, if they're not, I'm not going to let one person come in that I feel like is going to ruin the environment for everybody else. Right. Kid or adult. Right. I'll kick them out. Um, and, and it's and it's just it's just how it is. I mean, people come to me. It's funny. Like my business and my school is my anxiety. People come to my anxiety to get away from the bullshit of their world every day. So when they come into my business, I want it to be as positive for them as it can possibly be. 
And I'm cultivating an environment there for that. Um, New text. That's just... That's just how... That's just how I'm doing things. Well, I'm going to give you a little personal uh, uh, testimony to that. There have been multiple, multiple nights that I have come to class where that day was so... The people in the... And you, you know, too, I've told you, too, but people in the podcast have known about my stresses at work with employees mm-hmm. and, and, and just what, like, the COVID stuff. I mean, we lost $175,000 last year due to COVID, and they're still trying to tell us who can and can't live in our properties. I come to... I, I'll be, I'm in the parking lot, and I'm I, before I get in my truck, I get... I say, I'm going to snap heads off of people tonight. And then... By the time like, I'm ang- I'm angry at the world, the time that I take my gi off that looks like I was hit with a fire hose, and I'll reopen the door to go back to my truck to leave, I feel like a completely rejuvenated and peaceful person, a version of myself. Yep. Like, and that's that's one thing that I love about jujitsu and what it's given I, me. I can't. I can't tell you, like, I don't want to give names with this, but, like, it's, it's funny. Um, this has happened with Hobson, too. Um, this actually has recently happened with me. Um, I've had people call me within the last two years and tell me that if they had not found their way into my business they are pretty certain they would have killed themselves because of where they were in life. And you know, that's that's a, a, a sentiment that I have heard a lot of people say about jujitsu in general. About They said, if they, they, they were asked, these are like Andrew Wiltsey. Andrew Wiltsey, there was, he was asked, if it wasn't for jujitsu, what would you be doing right now? He said, I wouldn't be doing anything, I'd be dead. And they said, what do you mean? He said, I would have committed suicide by now. Because the, the where I was at at life, when I found jiu-jitsu, had I not found jiu-jitsu, I would not be living today because I would have I would have killed myself because I was I've so miserable. I've had people come into my doors that are former military that have suffered massive PTSD. Law enforcement officers suffered massive PTSD to where they didn't know how to handle it. Right. So they get out. What they do is they they get out. They don't reenlist. Right, they feel they have no purpose in life because they've been identified as a uh, as a soldier, well, as an airman, as a I, marine. I've, I've had somebody, really smart guy, actually, very smart. He gets out, had a lot of problems when he was over overseas. Um, saw a lot of combat, saw a lot of bad stuff, um, and when he got out. You know, he's working through college on his GI Bill and stuff like that. And he's just sitting in his room. It had nothing to do. Just sitting in his room. So, like, I'm literally just sitting in this one-bedroom apartment. And I'm like, it's just me and the books I'm supposed to be reading for me to get my damn degree and my demons. Yeah. And my demons were outnumbering me. Yeah. They were louder than the books. Exactly. And he had nothing. I mean, he would go to the gym. 
he did not know how to communicate with anybody. He would go to the gym, and that would be it. So he said they're looking up places and stuff like that, things to do, and he found me. And uh, he comes in, and I didn't know any of this. I didn't know any of this. Didn't know any of it. You would never have known it. You would have never known he was suffering some of the worst depression he'd ever been in his life. When he left me, he called me up on the phone because he got it. He got a really good job. Got another job, another state. Got a girl. Got married, and he's about to be a daddy. When he first met me, he was going to commit suicide. He had already determined in his brain that within a month, he didn't know when, but he already knew he was just going to kill himself. Something happened where when he came out to my school, he started making friends. And dude, I did not, and you have to understand, I did not know you're, this. You're, um, this is unbeknownst to you I, I did all. not know this. I did not know this. This has been... This has been years. This has been years. He's been he's been gone for years, you know, and he's doing really well now. He has he's a completely different person, and I I had no idea. I had no idea this was happening, and he he didn't tell me till after he had moved away and already gotten married and now he's got a kid on the way and I'm so happy for him. Uh, but it's kind of like when you're a person, like, you know, me, I'm 37 years old. I'm like, now, you know, I was affecting him when I was like 28, 29 years old. Unbeknownst to you. Yes. Yeah, and jujitsu jiu gave him that solace, dude, but you're the one who gave him jujitsu. When he was 18. Yeah. Hobson, like, Hobson got his black belt when he was, like, 18 years old. Yeah, which is gnarly, yeah, which is I mean, fucking, like, record-breaking shit. And so you got to understand, Hobson, he's like, Hobson's like, he's a kid. He's 18 years old. He's a kid, man. All right? Um, and this guy comes in, he just sits on the bench and just watches Hobson teach in his class one day. Hobson, hey, man, you going to come out and get on the mass with me? He's like, no. This guy does it every day for three weeks, and he finally gets on the mat with Hobson. Starts falling in love with jiu-jitsu. Dude loses like 30 or 40 pounds. I mean, Hobson has told this story before, man, and it's like me and him were sitting there talking about it. He's like, Heath, man. So one day, out of the blue, he shows up at the gym. He's like, hey, Hobson, man, I want to take you out and buy you lunch. He's like, okay. He's like, Hobson's like, yeah, man, we'll go have lunch. I'll pay. He's like, no, 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 I'm buying you lunch today, Hobson. He's like, okay. I was like, yeah, man, I want to eat. I ain't, you know. And Hobson's like, he's like, man, I just want to thank you, Hobson, for saving my life. Hobson's like, dude, I'm 18 years old. What did I do? He's like, nah, man, I was I was going to kill myself the day I came in the door the first time he asked me to go to mass. He's like, why? He's like, my wife left me. I lost my job. I hadn't been able to see my son. I didn't have anything left. Yeah. Yeah, nothing because, to live for, look forward to. Because of the environment, you welcomed me. I lost weight. Very similar situation. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you never know what, when people come to me, you never know why they're coming to me. Most of you think, yeah, I want to be badass. No, they're not coming to me for that. I am not a badass by any means. 
I'm really not. Um, I have a lot of fun. The training we do is serious, and the training we do is not easy some nights, but it's fun. It's we never ha- easy. It's always fun. It's never easy. <laughs> nothing in life worth having is ever easy. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's like you never know the impact you can have on somebody's life. I mean, no matter what you're doing. I mean, everybody's got different outlets. Like, I have parents that have called me up. Their kids um, may have ADHD. Um, I've had, My kid. And I've you know what? Kids. You know where he focuses the best? At jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be honest. I've had parents come in and they think martial arts is the cure to ADHD. No, not always. I've seen kids leave me and I'm like, man, he's just, just not getting it. It's just not helping him. Six months later, I see little Johnny with a basketball. That was his cure. Yeah. Basketball was his cure. Football was his cure. I mean, the thing is, it's like you got to help kids find their niche and find things that help them develop confidence in who they are as a human being. I, I can't express that enough. Confidence is so important, especially with today's society, man. Yeah, Jackson, he, the the few weeks leading up to his first night at jiu-jitsu, he was in trouble every day at school. You're in trouble, period, with him, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he was in trouble every day at school, dude, and then he goes to jiu-jitsu. You're going to be needing to do jiu-jitsu because by the time he's 13. <laughs> yeah, he's fuck my ass up. Dude, it's going to be like, you're going, I swear to God, one day, you look at Jason and be like, hey, go to your room. No, Dad, I can tap you. Make me. Yeah. I'm, I, I've got to stay above him. i got to stay above him for real. At least make him think that I, that I can fuck his ass up. But, uh, no, no, no. You know the he, answer? What? Courtney, your wife. Yeah. She, she'll be the answer to that. Yeah. Trey, my wife, my son ain't scared of me. Well, see, and they, see that's, where, that's where you're wrong, dude. He ain't scared of mom. I make, I make him. He tells. He told his oh, grandma, uh, Courtney's mom. She, she said he was doing acting up, being a little asshole to her, and she said, "Jackson, do I need to call your dad? Mind you, he's two hours away. He's in Hillsboro, and we're in Greenville." And he said, "No, don't call my dad." She said, "What? Well, why not?" She's once he says, "Daddy makes me shiver," <laughs> and I, I will look at him when he fucked up and he knows it. I give him looks. He does this, the full body shiver, and I, and I know when I, I see him do it. And now I know Man, what he's doing. Look, I look, never knew what he was doing. I went. I went nuclear on Grayson last week. Um, he's been in this little, uh, I'm going to do what I kind of want stage, just kind of push boundaries and stuff. Yeah. And I told him the other day, I was telling you this story about, like, we were making, like, pizza, like homemade pizza. And I told him not to go in the living room with, with the pizza sauce because I didn't want to spill it on the carpet. And that little shit did it. He walked right into the <laughs> right into the living room and I was like oh my god I spilled it right on the floor so I was like Grayson uh, we have some people coming out we're looking to get some new carpet put in in the house anyway um, but he didn't know that yeah don't tell him that <laughs> no, no I'm telling him that I was like Grayson we're going to learn hard less about money go get me your wallet it's going to cost me thousands of dollars to get this carpet replaced so I took his money and I told him that minimum wage in this country currently is $7.25 an hour. 
He's got to work six hours to get this money back. Yep. Man, dude. And I told him that he wasn't going to get a toy or anything until he earned all of it back. And that included toys and a happy bill. My wife's like, dude, you went after his happiness? Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I you, sure you did. You're debowing the toys. <laughs> I had a happy bill before you pass oh, it back no, to the back I know, seat. Look I, look, I took it to McDonald's. I swear to God. You should have seen his face, man. <laughs> I took it to McDonald's. He wanted a happy meal. I said, okay, we're going to have a meal. Right at the teller, I said, I want a Happy Meal with no toy. (laughs) (laughs) You know how how often those cashiers hear that probably? Oh, my God. With no toy. You could just see him in the back. He's like, like, man, I hope Dad had forgotten. (laughs) Yeah. But Jax, when he started jiu-jitsu, the week after he started jiu-jitsu, so he started on a Monday. He went Monday. He went Wednesday. He went Friday, right? The following week, Jax was... They, they have a behavior chart, and it's a color. Each color means yeah. a behavior, a hierarchy of colors. He was on, like, the best colors every day for, like, a month consecutively. And, I'm, and I even asked him, I said, Jax, before jiu-jitsu, you were in trouble every day. Like, every day for, like, weeks, you were on a bad behavior color. And then you started jiu-jitsu, and now you're on good colors every day. What? And I said, you may not be able to answer this, son, but I'm, I want to know. What is it that's changed? He said, I don't know, Dad. I have a lot of fun at jiu-jitsu, and I want to keep doing it. And I said, do, do you think jiu-jitsu is, is doing this, is helping you with this? And he said, I don't know. I, th- I think so, Daddy. I think so. And I was it like, might, fuck. It might it's be. I mean. An outlet. You know, three days, a, three days a week. I mean, you know him. He's a little little monkey, and he's, you know, jumping around trying to always mount somebody and take their backs. And and, and it's a good outlet for kids, like boys and girls. I mean, it really is a good outlet, and it helps kids. It really does um, because it's challenging. It's, it's a mental activity, and it's a physical activity. Um. And I, and I don't run... Here's a very unique thing about my kids' program. I don't run a kids' martial arts program, right? I run a kids' team. Right. That is a big thing. Because, like, I treat my kids it's the same way. All my kids have ECBJ uniforms. Why? They are on a team. So when a parent comes and they sign up, I'm letting them know their child is joining a team. All right? And, yeah, they might not know anything. It's starting out. I don't expect them to. But they're on a team. And think about it. How many kids out there today don't know what it's like to even be on a team? Right. Yeah. I mean, this is something everybody Other than their do. Fortnite I online mean, gaming this is, team. This is, this is something everybody can do. And it's like, Hobson, Hobson has said it many times, jiu-jitsu is for everybody. And that was a question I was going to ask you. Is jiu-jitsu for everybody? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Sometimes, though, jiu-jitsu is not for everybody. It is. Sometimes, it, let me revert that. Some, jiu-jitsu is for everybody, but not everybody is for jiu-jitsu. Right. That is the problem. Yeah. Because, you see, the thing is, it's like, it's like I said... Monday night, I'm going to hobble my crippled butt out of the mats, and I am going to roll. 
You shouldn't. I probably shouldn't, but I am. I'm, uh, hey, you tell the listeners, I am your voice of reason every fucking yep. week. I'm like, Heath, don't, your knee's fucked. Don't feel the need to go all ham, I, and he does it every I night. Am. But the mats will not lie. No. The mats will not lie. They never do. They do not lie. They tell you what you are, and they show you what you aren't. That's exactly right. They show you what you are not. (laughs) And and that's the thing. Like, jujitsu is for everybody. I mean, I have, on any given night of the week, I have, because my teenagers, once they're teenagers, they're training with the adults. And there have been a lot of people say that, well, you don't want to put the teenagers with the adults because, you know maybe they need other kids well we have enough teenagers where teenagers kind of flock to each other anyway during the adult classes yeah right but at any given night you have 13 year olds up to 65 year olds on my mats every night all working in the same way i have people on my mats that will never compete as a matter of fact 90 percent of my entire business is full of non-competitors, people who will never go to an open or compete. Right. Only 10% of my school goes to compete. Think about that. But yet really we all, that we have 90% of all of those are killers. Mm-hmm. And they're just, their jiu-jitsu is now so look, good. Look, I, I've got, I've got people in there who are doctors lawyers. I had people in there who were teachers, professors of colleges. I had people in there who work in IT for a living. I had people who work for banks. I have people who, gosh knows, man. Own rental property. Own rental properties. I have people who, um, they're nurses. They're doctors. Um, I have people from all walks of life going in on those mats and they have so much fun interacting with one another and it's the greatest gift it really and truly is it's anxiety for me because I want to make sure that every night I'm running a business number one the toilets have to be cleaned the gym has to be cleaned I have people who come to me all day long doing phone calls wanting to do private lessons wanting to do personal training in the gym then I have classes that I'm teaching. Um, I stay busy all the time, and it is a very, very good blessing. I couldn't... I mean, I did things before I got into this. I thought one day that maybe I would have my own martial arts school, but I didn't know that this would be my life. Right. I always thought I'd have some kind of full-time job. It would be something I did once or twice a week, but... This has become my life, and it has given me some. I mean, the martial arts gave me my family, man. Like I met my wife doing in judo. martial arts. Exactly. Yeah. I met my wife doing judo. The martial arts gave me everything. It gave me everything. Starting, starting when I met my wife. Um, we've grown together so much. I love my wife. I love my son. He is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. You don't deserve Tracy. I don't. She's I, really, the- <laughs> I, I really do not. 
Life threw you a fucking bone. Bro, you have no idea. She's sitting there like with my knee, right? She'll like, she makes so much fun of me. Like I walk around like an old cripple. She's like, you know what I'm going to do? He's what? I'm going to talk to somebody about your knee. And maybe, just maybe, he'll get through to you. Right. Oh my gosh, she didn't talk just once. She had like two. She messaged Hobson and messaging Bruno probably. Because they were like, Heath, how's your knee? I was like, what did Tracy tell you? No, 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 no. We're not asking me questions. We're asking you questions. I'm yes. like, it's fine. And then Bruno's like, we're going to see today. Yeah. And then he popped it out, right? And then he popped it out. Actually, he didn't even touch well, it. you were rolling with him. Yeah. He didn't even touch my knee. I did it myself standing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, it's, it's really, like, it's just a, I don't know what happened to it. Like, it's like people say, oh, he's hurt, man. Like, no, like, I'm not hurt. No, no, we, we've we had very, very, very blessed. I run a very safe environment. Um, we train tough. I have rules. Um, my students, white belts especially, you know, I mean, you have to be of a certain rank for certain things to be even attempted on you or before you're even taught certain things, you know? Right. And um, I do that for safety. I wish I could tell everybody out there listening, yeah, man, I hurt my knee beating the hell out of some big 200-pound power lifter. Nah, some spazzy-ass white belt. No, uh, no, uh, (laughs) Uh, I, I actually was sitting on the mats talking to somebody and I went to stand up and when I stood up my knee popped out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was touching me. Yeah. I wasn't rolling anybody or training anybody. I was literally sitting on the mats talking to somebody and then I stood up. Now it goes out all willy-nilly when it wants to. Yeah. I, I was like, man, dude. And, and, and like I told Tracy that she was like, he, you know what that means. I was like, don't say it. So like, you're just getting old. Yeah. <laughs> My like, wife, yeah. look, Courtney tells me at least once a day, it's because you're old, David. I'm like, bitch, you are two months older than me. I don't want to hear it. Not, you don't look it, but damn it, you're older than I am. I Check tell, the driver's license. I life. tell Tracy every night, I was like, honey, you don't, you're not allowed to call me old. Heath, you're old. You're the one robbing the cradle over here. You're older than me. Right, exactly. I tell all the time that, yeah, you robbed the cradle. It's, don't, don't lie to everybody. You know you know you're older than me. Man, that's the funny thing though, man. Like I we have such a good environment there and it's a safe environment. Um and that's one of the biggest things because I'll have some of my upper belts. They'll go see things on YouTube without running it by me and I'm looking at them like, no, don't do that. Why don't do that? Just I have forgotten more about the possibilities than you've just seen in that video. <laughs> yeah. you got to know the context. The, 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 you've got to know the, yeah. the context behind what that is. tell you why that is a very bad idea. You are, And it won't be because they're going to hurt somebody else. They're going to hurt themselves. Right. You'll be surprised at how many times people will go online. Flying arm bars. Flying and, triangles. Oh God. <laughs> they'll, they'll try to. They'll see something on, on YouTube that they'll try. And, and they don't even, like, hurt their partner. They hurt themselves trying it because they don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, I hurt my knee fucking doing just just doing sprawls like it would warm up. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, is this my?" I looked at Heath. I said, "Is, <coughs> is this my MCL?" I said, "Yes." That's. I said, "I hurt myself in sprawls." Like we were just in warm up. No one was and, around me. And as you get older, it's kind of like your whole life turns into a Johnny Cash song. Like I hurt myself yeah, today. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and that reminds me the the best meme that describes jiu-jitsu that I've ever seen. It was a jaguar underwater with his claws out with a Rubik's Cube in between his paws. That's You're drowning and you're trying to figure out a puzzle and it's Man. aggression. And that's exactly what it is. And I think jiu-jitsu, that aspect of jiu-jitsu, it carries over in so many other places in life for problem solving, coping skills, uh, you know, controlling anxiety. It does all that because there's nothing worse than a 253 pound Brazilian guy on top of you and his shoulders buried in your chin and you can't breathe. I mean, nope. you're, you're seeing your life flash before your eyes. If you can, if you can handle that, then what is going to happen to you at work that you can't handle or in traffic or whatever, you know? So it carries over to so many different things and, and avenues in life that better better you. But and we, and we have, like I said, it's like people from all walks of life. I mean, we have a brain surgeon that comes out and he tells me every day that because he's coming out to my business, he does private lessons with me, he does PT with me, He's like, Heath, I feel so much younger when I'm out here. Yeah. He's like, I feel like I'm getting my youth back again. I mean, think about it. Like, me and you aren't in this boat, man, but... Dude, he, he's a fucking neurosurgeon. The motherfucker's a neurosurgeon. Yeah. What did he have to do in life? What did he have to sacrifice in life? To get to that. To get to that. Yeah. That's like... That's like the Hobsons of surgery I, I is, mean, dude, is like, neurosurgery. And he comes up to me and we, and me and him have like conversations a lot. He is, he is generally a, one of the nicest guys I have ever met. He has got such a big heart. He will help anybody. And he's like, he, he said, and he has only been with me for like probably right at a year now. He's like, he's, I just feel young again. Yeah. And he's like, he, you know, he's like, you're not going to understand this until you're my age and you've lost meaning or you've lost the fact that you feel useful because Drive. He, he's no longer, he is a neurosurgeon, but he's no longer doing surgeries. He's right. now consulting yeah. because he's had injuries and stuff like that. Um, just everyday part of it. I mean, think about it. If you're if you're a neurosurgeon and there's something wrong with your fingers, you could kill somebody. Yeah. Or you, you know paralyzed, I mean? brain dead. Or if you're a neurosurgeon and your eyesight's not what it used to be. Yep. He's like, you get older and you just start becoming feeling use, useless. You don't have anything anymore. And I was like, I come in here. He's like, God knows I'm out of shape. I'm nowhere near what I was when I was in like college when I was when I was running track and playing sports and stuff like that then and now I come back in here and it's like God knows within six months it's like I wake up I feel rejuvenated I feel young again he's like he one day I hope you don't feel this way but one day you'll understand yeah I have a I, I think like you'll understand log how much you're giving him logically I can understand what he's right what but he's you saying. can't tell you but can't, I can't understand relate. it from a from a experience exactly. point of view exactly I mean and that and that's the thing. It's like 
but it's like he's like I'm just getting confidence in who I am again I feel young again I mean these are the greatest things and then like the other greatest thing for me is like my son's out there mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's like me and Trace like he he may not ever get to be a black belt he may never get to be a a purple belt I was like he's gonna get to be a blue belt He's going to do this yeah. until I know he can defend himself. Right. Until I know he can defend himself. And when I know my son can defend himself. He can do what he wants to do. Man, he likes music, man. Yeah. God, he likes music. He is musically talented. He, he loves, he will sing any song that comes on the radio. He lo- he may, that might be his niche. Might be his calling. He did tell me the other day he wants to open up his own pizza place. He would name it Grayson's Pizza Place. And I was like, boy, you got to get some confidence in yourself if you're going to try to out-pizza the hut. Out-pizza the hut? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I was like, bro, you better get your game on. Nobody out-pizzas the hut, <laughs> Grayson, in case you didn't know. <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, yeah, my pizza place... I'm going to make whatever pizza they want. <laughs> whatever they want. Oh, man, guys. You want gummy bears on your pizza? Gummy bears, you got come to Grayson's pizza. pepperoni. I was like, he's like, what about, what about, like, fish? He's like, you don't put fish on pizza, Daddy. I was like, son, some people say you don't put pineapple on pizza either, but. <laughs> it's delicious. So I <laughs> love ham and pineapple. <laughs> but there you go, man. You know? Well, but, Heath, I, I've. I want to take the time to, to thank you for coming on the podcast. I know the listeners here are going to really enjoy this episode. And I, w- I want to thank you for your uh, big surprise for me this oh, weekend. Oh, yes. So, to let everybody know, I was coming up. I didn't know there was – it was not a rank review. It's a seminar. And apparently when we got there, I found out that they're having a graduation. There's three other schools there at the seminar this weekend. And – the home, the hosting uh, school academy, they, they, they had a graduation, which is basically a, a giving of their new striper belt or whatever. And uh, and I was like, oh, cool, like, you know, whatever, we'll watch. We'll, we'll all be a part of it, we'll watch and everything. And then right before it got started, I was sitting there talking, as I always do, and he told me, he said, hey, you need to go in that back room here. And I was like, for what? I didn't know if I was in trouble. I didn't know if what was going on. I went back there, and that's where all the people that were getting belts and stripes were because they were having, like, a ceremony. We were all going to file in. They are going to call our names out and everything. I was like, I'm getting a fucking stripe today. And I was like, holy shit. I had no fucking idea that I was getting a stripe. So he gave me my stripe. I was very proud. I was very, more so than anything, shocked and surprised. And all of my team was there. And was very happy for me, supportive of me, and I was one of two people from our academy that got a belter stripe, and it was really cool. I got my blue stripe, so you know everything that I that I felt for 30 minutes about me getting my green stripe. I'm now with the rest of my peers. We're all solid white belts at the same time. It felt really good. They were all super happy for me, and it, it felt really good. And like I said, unexpected. Well. Then that's the thing. It's kind of like, see, like a lot of schools, they they promote differently than me. They give tape on the on the belt, so you get four you get four stripes on your white belt, then you get your blue belt. I do colored stripes 
for safety. Like I said, my entire program, we're a team, and it's built around safety, right? Your first stripe, you get green, blue, purple, brown, black. So you technically, I added a fifth stripe to the white belt to make it a little bit more challenging to get to the blue belt for safety. Um, when you hurt your neck, you couldn't roll hard. And like I said, I know targets. If I gave you a blue stripe to begin with, you started rolling, you could have got re-injured. Right. It had nothing to do with with technical skill. It had everything to do keeping you safe as I could keep you on the mask. And, and I, I and have so, not hurt my neck since, mm -hmm. and it's been great. It worked. Yeah, you might need to be up in your game because they see that blue around your waist. Sorry, I, I did a private. <laughs> I did a private with Bruno. I got I got something for him. I got yeah. some smoke for him. I I, I, I hope you have more smoke than I do right now because you've got a mighty. Yeah, we're, we're we're both smoked at this point, Gosh, especially no, you. It was a great seminar, man. We I had so much God fun, knows. and it was it's, like, it's it's something that you can say that you were part of. I was there when Hobson, Hobson Mora, when Shaolin, when you know Bruno Bastos was there, man. Dennis Lima. They were all there. I, it's like a, it's like going seeing Skinner play. Like I was there, I saw Skinner play. So <laughs> you, I was guys, there when they were all there. They were like. They're living legends, man. And it's just like, I'm still, every time, like, Hobson is, he is he is truly one of my best friends. Like, a, he's like I, tell, I joke everybody, I tell everybody, Hobson's like my older little brother. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, like, Bruno's my big brother. And, like, I still, to this day, I still get a little starstruck whenever I see him. Yeah. It's hard for me not to. It's like, I've seen, like, Hobson... I know Hobson's movement. I know how amazing he is. But like, you know, sometimes like this past year, man, I didn't see Hobson. I have I haven't seen Hobson in a year and a half. That is the longest I have gone without seeing Hobson. Yeah. Well, COVID does that. Apparently. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's like just to give you an idea of what it took for me not to see it. Like, Hobson's a really good friend of mine. Yeah. But even like, just get starstruck because it's kind of it's amazing seeing him. And then to see him, Bruno, and Shaolin together at the same time, dude, that is very and with very your rare. students, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, and that's you a got good to point. share them with your students. That is a good point, like, and and, and it's kind of like you get really, really good compliments, like Shaolin and Bruno and Hobson. They're like, I'll do privates with you guys. They'll roll with you guys. They roll with me. They beat the shit out of me for us. Uh, yes, but they they really beat the shit out of me. <laughs> And they'll be like, you know, he. I rolled Jen today. I was like, really, man? We need to talk about handing the school over to her because she's oh, better oh, than you. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? Or like Shaolin with Eric is like, he. I don't know what happened. Like maybe Jujitsu skipped a generation from. And it went over from Hobson, skipped you straight to Erica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> likes Erica. Yeah, yeah. So. And, then, and then, like, Bruno's like, he's like, Heath, man, maybe you need to think about retirement. Have you thought about it? <laughs> I was like, no, Bruno, I haven't thought about it. He's like, think about it. <laughs> think about it. You should now. Start now. It's like, like Hobson, like, uh, you're full last. We're going out to eat. Um, Gustavo Dantes is there. He's the BJJ mental coach. And um, Hops is like, Gustavo, who is your worst white belt? Gustavo's like, I don't know why. He's like, just 
think about who it is because I'll give you $10,000 and Heath. For your white belt. For your worst <laughs> white belt. And Gustavo's like, that's not a fair trade because that white belt's got way more potential. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when all my students are like, Heath, why are you so mean to us? Why do you pick on us? Why do you talk trash? Look where I come from. Look where I come from. Look where I come from. My instructor has been trying to sell me. (laughs) (laughs) Human traffic your ass. He's been trying to sell me for years. And look, he's like, he's like, I was like, Bruno will take me. Bruno's like, I ain't taking shit. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, no way. Bruno, I, I love Bruno. I have yeah. a special place in my heart for Bruno because he was so good to my son, and my yeah, son looks at him like he's God. Yeah. And so, Bruno, this is for you. Oh, <laughs> that's his shit. Bruno is amazing. Hobson is amazing. I mean, but like I tell you, man, I, it's not just those three. I brought in a lot of really good people. Um, from Delaware, Jeff Mitchell. Yeah. I haven't met Jeff, but you've told me a lot about that. Amazing. He has got some very, very tough students. And Jeff is a phenomenal coach. He really is. Joseph Manuel, Hobson's first American black belt. I brought him in before. Joseph is amazing. Joseph has got beautiful jiu-jitsu. I've had a lot of talented people through my associations with Hobson come in. And I, because of Hobson... I have got such a great network of people that I yeah. bring in to teach. I mean, <clears throat> me and Steve brought in, um, it was in high point, we brought J.D. Shelley in. Yeah. Um, J.D. is amazing. He's an amazing black belt. I mean, it's just, I always look at it. It's like, I know how good I am. I know how good I'm not. But right now, in this moment, I have the ability to say, Hobson, I need you to come in November. Bruno, I need you to come here in March. March. Shaolin, I need you to come in in maybe August. Or Jeff, I need you to come in in July. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. There will be a day when Hobson says, Heath, I'm not doing seminars anymore. There will be a day when Bruno says, Heath, I'm not doing seminars anymore. And there will be a day when Jeff and Shaolin say, I'm not doing seminars anymore. Yeah, and then we we you know we need to and, cherish and, well yeah. well all we got exactly. it exactly because like the thing is you guys understand Charlotte has a family, Bruno has a family, Hobson has a family. Their businesses are growing. Thank God they're doing really well. There's going to be a day where they don't need the money, right? And they're gonna they're gonna have to pick. And I mean you and I both know who you want to pick your family. kid. Oh yeah, you want to pick your kid. I miss mine like shit right now. You know, I mean, that's and, and that's only natural. But got to remember, man, age is going to catch them just like it's catching us. Yeah. And right now we have the opportunity to literally be on the mats with Michael Jordans, the Scotty Pippins, three living know, legends, yeah, the Derek Jeters of the of this sport. You know yeah. what I mean? You're not going to find that in any other sport. There's no sport in the world where you can go and actually play a game of one-on-one with a Michael Jordan. Yeah. You can't do it. No, you don't have enough money to make that happen. I did yesterday. Right. I rolled with three Michael Jordans right. yesterday. Absolutely. You know, it's, that's what makes it one, so One unique. Shaquille O'Neal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, one, Shaquille, one, one Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, man, dude. Oh, man. But 
I appreciate you coming on the podcast tonight, man. And we're going like I told you, we're going to get you in. We're going to get you shooting, and oh, then we're going we're going to have a, a more. A, a I'm excited shooting. to do that. I've, I've never really done any long range. So like, you know, I do a lot with like pistol, yeah. pistols, but I haven't doing it. You're probably ever. ten times. I'm not a very good pistol shooter. I, I, I'm enough to keep myself safe and the people around me safe. That's but that's kind of what I feel to, like I am with pistols. I think what makes me different with pistols is my grappling and my jujitsu. Yeah, I think incorporate the two together. I mean, at one time, at one time, the fastest I've been was like at a one-one from concealment. Yeah, one on target. I'm that is no like John Lovell by (laughs) by any means, but now I'm probably like a two because that is a very perishable skill. Very perishable skill. Very perishable. And since ammo got like really really expensive and non-existent. I'm pretty sure that's gonna perish quite a bit with everybody. I, I know with everybody. You know, like so at least no, no one's no. gonna be any more faster than you because they ain't shooting either. So. No, no, no. Uh-uh. But that's the thing. Like, I'm I'm actually excited to get out there and actually try that because I've never done it. Um, it's a lot easier than it seems. Like if you watch Shooter and all that shit talking about doing all this math, and that's fucking bullshit. My phone tells me what to dial. Really? And I just have to have a pretty good educated guess on what the wind is, and that's it. There's, it's literally, I, it's 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 very now it, when you're prone, it's easy. When you're shooting off of the dynamic stages and barricades and the running gun and all that stuff with that, yeah. Uh, I mean, think of the most fucked up contraption you can think of that's unstable, and you have to rest your rifle on that and hit a target at 750 yards or 800 yards with that, right? Yeah. Off your belly, standing up, kneeling, sitting in between those positions where your body's crunched over like in turtle position. Imagine trying to shoot in turtle when the rifle's about a foot off the ground on your knees. It's it's That's what makes our game difficult. But the actual, what you're gonna do with me, I promise you, you will at bare minimum get a second round impact at distance, if not first round impact, so well, I'm excited to try. It'll be, be fun. Lot, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Like. Yeah, and then like I said, I'm excited for you to see the parallel of fundamentals of long range precision shooting and jujitsu. Because I, because like you've done a process before, and I often like discuss like because like I said, I I do self defense, and for me, from a self defense standpoint. I'm not going to shoot somebody. God forbid I'm ever in a situation where I have to draw my weapon. But if I ever had to draw a weapon to save my life or somebody else's, it would probably be a pistol. Sure. You know, and so I do a lot of, I do a lot of problems, and I explain to people concepts of jiu-jitsu with drawing a pistol. That's how I explain. Because a lot of people do, especially like in the South, people have to conceal carry a lot. Sure. You know, and, but I've never done any long range stuff. I mean, I have I actually have a rifle and um, it's a 308 for hunting but I've been hunting with it one time never shot it never saw anything to shoot but I bow hunt right I, 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 yeah I, like I love bow hunt I don't do it as much anymore but I used to bow hunt a lot more but and it's it's funny like um I didn't know this until I really got into hunting but it's kind of funny like when people have rifles it's like People brag about how far off they were when they got when they shot it and they downed it. With bow, it's like how close can you how get close them? can you get because it's a yeah, different it's skill. A, yeah, it's yeah, it's the know? concealment, you know, and and also the patterning of the deer of the 
whatever game you're hunting is and that's like, the skill. God, how and, how and like concealed. me, I never knew that. I'm like, it's like, yeah, I got him at 300 yards. I'm like, wow, I got mine at like. That's when I got. I got a twelve. <laughs> yeah. like, and you thought you did, yeah. I was like, damn, that's good. That's right? a lot. That's a lot hard. That's a lot harder to do than one at three hundred. So oh, uh, no, uh, I, it's it's if if you have um if you're around good people to help you with it, like um you know um Andy Everett in Pitt County, in my opinion, where we're at, Andy Everett is an amazing bow hunter. Sure. Next to him, probably a little, maybe maybe a little bit more better to him um, is Tyler Wisner. Tyler's one of my blue belts. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really concerned for Tyler because Tyler is really a big hunter. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Like, that boy hunts everything. I'm really concerned that when we die, maybe we find out that God's like a duck or something like that. Oh, no. He killed Oh, it. my God. <laughs> he's he's gone. I mean, Tyler has no chance. Yeah. No chance of seeing them pearly gates. If he says, and there's God sitting there as a duck, I'm like, man, dude, you know how many of things he's killed over here? Holy shit. <laughs> you know? But, nah, man, I'm excited, dude. That's going to be a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We'll record that podcast. It'll be it'll be Heath Chapman Part 2. So, everybody, I'm going to close this one out. We're literally back in Pitt County. So, you rode with us all the way from basically Guilford County to, to Pitt County. So, we're almost home. And anyway, as always, I appreciate the support. You guys comment if you're if this episode has uh, convinced you to give jujitsu a try. I want to know it. If you've got any questions, and also if you have any questions for Heath on jujitsu or anything, I will happily forward those over and keep those, and then we will address those in our second episode together. Um, but anyways, thanks for the comments. Thanks for the shares. Um, and uh, keep downloading guys and I will catch y'all on the flip oos